0: Good morning, this is Danger Dan here in the talk shop, probably going to be my last episode from the beautiful town of Red River, New Mexico. My sister just showed up, there's a music festival this weekend, the mushrooms are popping, the dirt bikes are fucking rolling. It's been great, but uh, I hear that it cooled off in Texas, so I'm going to head back because we got the southern throwdown next weekend and i think i can't make any promises yet but i believe i will be there uh today's show man what a fucking rad one uh jake hines from prism supply it's been a while we i think we did a podcast early on we featured prism supply with mc shop Tees like the first year and uh Dude, they've been fucking hustling out there on the East Coast ever since then. they got a great show called The Congregation coming up. I believe it's uh, the beginning of October. Uh, But Prism came out to Sturgis for the first time and put on a show with Harley Davidson at the Outlaw Square. Did a fucking, had a pool, a tropical pool party at Outlaw Square, and it was rad, and I just wanted to get Jake's take On Sturgis. And then uh, after Sturgis, he went and did this crazy fucking ride called the Tour of Idaho. And, dude, it's fucking gnarly. He equipped his motorcycle with the fucking chainsaw. And I I really failed because I never even asked him if he used the chainsaw. So, fuck. But trust me, you're going to enjoy this podcast. It's a good one. Buckle up. Let's get into it. All right. Damn. Yeah, I tried to uh record this podcast sitting out by the river last night and uh dude started fucking just raining on me. And I hear that we got a, <clears throat> a bunch of rain back in Texas in a short period of time. I saw a crazy fucking flood picture from Fort Worth. Nuts, because it's been dry as shit down there. Um, hopefully everybody is like back safely from Sturgis. Man, what a fucking wild Sturgis, man. There was a lot of new faces this year. A lot of great old ones that I fucking look forward to seeing every year. I uh, was glad to be a small part of you know, some of the shows, working with Chopper's Magazine, <clears throat> doing a kickstart competition uh, at the Harley booth at, uh, what do you call it, Outlaw Square in Deadwood. It was a rad time. You know, Jeremy and Scott and Warren came out with Flat Out Friday and Mama Tried. They did a pool party as well, Flat Out Friday races. <clears throat> uh, they didn't. You know the first annual Danger Dance spectator TT did not exactly end the way I wanted it to. Um, it was, uh, dude, I, uh, you know, fuck. It was, dude. We had so much fun the first night. You know, my boys Al and fucking Carrie and Josh all got their choppers on the track. We rode Circles, Sea Bear and the rest of the stunners came out on their baggers and dinas and uh <clears throat> it was really great uh, detroit man he was on this fucking beautiful custom show bike he built fucking racer and uh and then the next night it you know it just didn't go you know racing's racing it's fucking dangerous out there on the track and uh, a guy named ron i actually met ron a couple of years ago at the uh sportster showdown led sled sportster showdown and he was a racer. He put on a show called High Voltage. He wanted me to come up to it. He's from Milwaukee. Super rad dude who was just fucking stoked on life, stoked on motorcycles, uh, stoked on racing. That was my first time to get to race with him. And, uh, dude, he high-sided and, you know, just fucking hit his face. You know, he wasn't wearing a full-face helmet. And, dude, it was just a bad situation. Luckily, the medics on site, you know, they were they were right there. Um, they got him to a hospital and he just didn't make it. And then, uh, you know, the more I talked to the people around Ron, uh, the silver lining, dude, I mean, he was going through pancreatic cancer, which has a 10% survival rate. And I'm not like making excuses as that why this is okay or, you know, but really, dude, what a, what a way to go out better than the hospital bed dealing with that shit. And, um, you know, he was going through some pain and, uh, dude just brutal brutal but i'm glad that he got to go out there and ride some circles at the jack pine gypsy short track with us i know he was smiling i have one photo and it's of everybody in that race and dude you can see it it's from far away but you can see him fucking smiling so i was really stoked to receive that photo uh thank you detroit for making you know sending that my way uh you know regardless we you know we kept racing and uh the hooligan world finals went off you know great dude there's a bunch of rad racers fast racers it got real fucking chippy got to hang out with my boy ethan country grammar i didn't record any podcasts in sturgis but i felt like i was busy the whole time and uh it was great i hope that you were there if not i hope it's on your list of things to do next year uh Speaking of list of things to do, I hope that you are signed up to go ride Nepal with us in November. And if not, I hope that that is on your list of things to do. Go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and check out all the bitchin' rides he's got, man. I've been on a crazy adventure through Central and South America, and it's been awesome. It's been fucking great. But I am really looking forward to riding the Himalayans uh, with Bear and Booty. Uh, dude, it's just going to be fucking awesome. <clears throat> and I saw some faces in, uh, Sturgis that, you know, I met and got to really connect with when I was over in Nepal and, uh, I'm really looking forward to going back. So go sign up now. <clears throat> He's got a newsletter too. You can sign up and get like constant updates. You know, I'm sure that like whenever there's a couple of seats left, I'm sure that's how you get the fucking insider information and, uh. Dude, just a rat. I mean, it's, it really changed the way that I travel. Like, like period. Uh, it, just, it just changed the way <clears throat> that I travel, and it changed me as a person uh, for the better. So a lot of good things can come from that. We uh, recently gave away a trip to Motorcycle Sherpas, trip to Nepal, the stairway to heaven next to Baron Booty, <clears throat> uh, through my Patreon. And I give away a $100 gift certificate to Low Brow Customs. That's right. Every month, <clears throat> Lowbrow is where I get those badass Bates Baja tires, uh, the Pan Am oil that I run in my bike, and pretty much, dude, they just keep me on the road. Like everything I need to keep my chopper on the road, you know, short of Boston Billy's motor work, uh, it all comes from Lowbrow Customs. So, check them out and uh, go to Danger Dance Talk Shop to sign up, you know, to win some rad shit. Uh, I I haven't figured, dude. We're gonna do something rad at the end of the year. I'm sorry, I've been a little sidetracked on putting together a big giveaway. Um, but I'm gonna figure out something rad, and we're uh, you're gonna be stoked to have been signed up all year. So check it out now, man. Uh, mcshoptees.com, your T-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop, dude. It's like a it's like a magazine subscription except for you get a t-shirt you can wear and everyone is a limited you know one-off print that is only available through mc shop tees i mean the dates on the collar with the fucking artist signature it's a it's a rad thing and to feature shops from all over the country even outside the country it's it's uh it's pretty fucking rad i i got some rad shops in the works. And I pulled one together last minute for next month because I'm waiting on some other art and some other things. But it's you know it's funny how these last minute things come together and they're super fucking rad. Uh, Easy Company at a Worcester, Mass, up there in Massachusetts. I met these guys in Daytona, and I think I think there was I ran into them some other place at some other point in time. Maybe it was the congregation a couple years ago. I don't know. But uh, we got Daniel Sheridan who does their t-shirt art. He is going to do a you know a one for MC Shop T's. So if you want to get in on that, you got till the end of the month. If you don't sign up before August is over, you will not get one of these shirts because we will not be printing them again, Uh, dude. And Daniel did a rad ass design for uh, the Prism shirt we did in the beginning. And he's just a rad artist. And for him to be doing Easy Company's T-shirt design, I'm fucking stoked, dude. So you should be as well. MCShopTees.com Now, uh, before we get any further, I, I, dude, dude, what was I going to say? I just totally spaced out, man. Uh, Jake Hines, Prism Supply, uh, The Chopical Pool Party, Tour of Idaho. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm stoked about this podcast, dude. We, uh, dude, I I got to ride dirt bikes with Jake in Tennessee at the TMMR, and it was so fucking rad. And he was telling me about this tour of Idaho, and I was just like, I've been stoked to hear about it ever since. And uh, it didn't go the way he planned on it, but uh, I'm sure he learned a lot. And uh, well, anyways, I'll let him tell you about it. Here we go. Yeah, I haven't used Daniel since we did the Prism Supply shirt, like, and that was within. I mean, that was the first year with one, like maybe the first what three or that? four months. Well, yeah, what was it? Three years ago or something? Was it that long 2018?
1: 2018. Jeez, dude. So it was uh, like
0: four years ago. Yeah, March or April of 18.
1: That's crazy. Time flies.
0: I know. That's a lot of shops that I've featured over the time.
1: Do you know how many? How many you've done?
0: Well, today, what, August is the eighth month of the fourth year, so thirty forty four.
1: That's cool, dude. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I have some multiple states. I didn't really want to do that at first, but, uh, you know, some states I just haven't, like, found a shop in, like, where I have, or, or, like, there's some states where I have a specific shop, but I don't just want to hit them up over the internet. I want to, like... You know, be introduced to them by a, a mutual friend or show up and you know.
1: Right. You want to establish like a relationship with them versus exactly. just just somebody, some random dude. Hey, I'm doing this, so let's partner on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> some of the shops are like, Man, I wouldn't do this with anybody but I like you, so this we can do it.
1: That's right. I get it.
0: Like some of the shops, they don't even want me to put their phone number. <clears throat> Like, my machine shop, the the guy that does my motor work, you know? I'm like, what do you want me to uh-huh. tell the people? He's like, don't fucking tell them anything. If they can't get a hold of me by B&B Racing, then I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. That's,
1: All right, like, dude. Whatever, whatever you, you say.
0: say, man. Yeah, dude. And I, <laughs> you know, I find that, like, the really good shops, dude, they don't want any advertising. They're like, you know, we can we can barely you know keep the relationships going that we have we're so busy right now i mean are you guys noticing that out there i mean it seems like this year you know we're with being like so,
1: being so busy
0: yeah like not being able to find like really good help or and then like supply shortages you know just stuff that's kind of like piled well, so, on and
1: so we have an we have an advantage there first of all our team is absolutely incredible like I love our team. There's eight of us now, which is insane. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But we have – it's just like a team of best friends. Really, that's what it is. So we haven't had a hard time finding help necessarily. And then on top of that, the supply chain stuff, we manufacture a lot of stuff in-house. So the only issues we've had is like getting – components for leds like that are imported from china because nobody in the u.s makes them that's the only slight issues we've had but as far as like metal materials it hasn't been a problem wow manufacturing our taillights or any of that stuff
0: that's all done in the house so so you got eight guys over there
1: eight of us now how many were there
0: back when we featured the the shop in 18 there was like four of you right
1: i would say probably three three yeah yeah three of us or so So
0: congratulations, Jake.
1: Yeah. And we expanded uh, the shop since you've been there. What we had the actual shop space and now we've moved or we we still have that space, but then we have a couple doors down in that same complex.
0: Okay. We have
1: a, uh, a larger office and that's like where I think we have four desks in the office. And then in the back is our shipping receiving room, inventory room.
0: Nice. Are there any other businesses that have moved in over there?
1: Oh yeah, dude, it's packed. Yeah, yeah, it's you wouldn't even recognize the place. You
0: yeah, got to come back. Yeah, when I came, fuck, I think it was uh, twenty. No, it was nineteen.
1: I would say it was nineteen. Yeah,
0: nineteen. I think you guys were the only like.
1: That was, it was Remember, it was before we had a tire changer and we had to like cut your tire <laughs> off
0: with, with a cutoff wheel. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, I do, man. Those those uh, what do you tubeless tires on mag wheels? They have like that that metal strap inside yeah, the rubber exactly. to hold the bead in like, place.
1: It was, it was sucked into the bead, and we couldn't even, like, get a cutoff wheel in there to cut that metal strap out.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, and I was so <laughs> – that tire was so gone, and the dumb shit I was doing on the way there, like, not knowing you see, I had t- You could
1: see the metal the metal band through that
0: rubber. Oh, yeah. It was uh,
1: – you know, And it was pissing rain. We were like, dude, you can't leave like this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank God, uh, FXR Mike had that rig for me to borrow because I think my chopper, like something happened to the timing plate, like where the points go, like something, like the weights, something in there, like something I couldn't just go find, and I waited till the last minute or whatever, uh, and then yeah, rode that side hack over there to
1: to the congregation,
0: yeah. yeah, to the congregation
1: so how many years have
0: you been doing that now
1: i don't remember five i think this is our fifth year i think this year will be our fifth anniversary which is crazy
0: so you haven't done it this year i thought that was a spring event
1: well it used to be spring and then COVID happened and then we ended up getting delayed and so we kind of got off schedule so now it's actually switched to october
0: Oh, which is a beautiful time up there that's
1: right it's a it's a perfect time um if you remember in april dude it was like hit or miss rain or hot, um, you just, you never knew what to expect. No, when
0: I left you guys, I rode through the fucking snow. Like, if I wouldn't have had three wheels, I don't know that i have been able to make it down the Blue Ridge Parkway. Because <laughs> it was, one day it was snowing, the next day it was 95 degrees and humid out. I don't remember 95. I just remember fucking bunches of rain, and then it got cold as shit, and the rain turned to snow.
1: Yeah, that's April. You just don't know what to expect. Like, and an hour and a half from us, you're in the mountains, and it, that's what happens,
0: dude. That that was. I need to get back out there because I need. I got to ride that road again without three wheels, because
1: dude, you need to you need to get out here with your dirt bike. Well, I need to get my dirt bike back first. It's currently uh on the west coast, but you oh need to, for need real, dirt
0: bike. your dirt yeah. bike didn't make it home with you.
1: No, I ended up flying back. That's a long story. We'll get into it. But, yeah, yeah we- <laughs> I end up flying
0: home. So, <laughs> fucking Prism did Sturgis in 2022. There was a Dude. bunch of new faces at Sturgis this year. You know, and I thought that was cool.
1: I I, I do. I I like that we're trying to uh, – there's a group of us that are trying to make Sturgis cool
0: again. Hey, you don't have to. I mean, Sturgis has been cool. I, you know, you, just <laughs> because you haven't been there doesn't mean it hasn't been cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, fair I enough. Mean,
0: you know, in Sturgis, it's one of those rallies where most most people our age, uh, especially in the choppers, have kind of shied away from because there is there's a bunch of weekend warriors, leather-cladded, fetish people. But you know, they're so stoked to be, they work all year long just so they can go fucking tie one on at Sturgis those two weeks. That's right. A week,
1: but also also that was like one of my favorite things about it is there wasn't much of like a younger crew there, like our group of people, and so the the 20 of us that were there the 50 of us that were there 100 of us that were there that it was just like our own party it was our own event so like you had like the older 50 year old group and then you had us the 20 to 40 year old group you know oh yeah no like and it's it's been
0: group. like that for a couple of years now there's just like these niches around sturgis uh man i've i've been going for i think that was my 5th year in a row Really? Dude, I always have so much fun there, dude.
1: Yeah. And so that was that was my issue with it is my trip was cut too short because I had that dirt bike trip that I was telling you about planned for forever now. Um, I actually had it planned before we did our our Sturgis party. So uh, I had to cut my trip super short. So I was only there from Thursday before Sturgis even started, which was Saturday. So I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I left on Sunday. So did
0: you get to ride like Needles or go see Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, or Custer? Yeah,
1: we we did get to do some riding, which was sick. Dude, it was the best riding ever. It It, really was.
0: Dude, I mean, that's why Sturgis has worked so well. It's right in the middle of the country. The riding is awesome. If you don't like the weather, just hang out for a couple hours and it'll change. Uh, (laughs) It's just, it's got it all. The weather weather was interesting.
1: Like Thursday and Friday, it was so hot. It was mid-90s, and then Saturday when we did our event, which was a pool party Yeah, once you broke out the pool. (laughs) (laughs) It was
0: like a high of 69 or something. It was crazy. Yeah, that's pretty consistent. Uh, What's funny is when I heard that there was going to be some pool parties in Sturgis, and I was like, the past two years, it's been pretty warm. And I was like, sure enough, this year it's going to be wet and cold. But it wasn't. It was a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, so you got in on, what, Saturday? The same day as our pool party. Is that correct? Well,
0: I got in the night before.
1: That's right. That's I right. rode in.
0: Dude, and that ride in was fucking sketchy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I rode from Red River, New Mexico, up to Denver, and then I stashed my bike with a guy named Andrew Campo. Do you know Andrew? No. He's got a magazine Maybe. called, it used to be called Meta, and now it's called Vana. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I I do know who he is. I just didn't know
1: his last name. Yeah, great dude.
0: (laughs) Anyways, I stashed my bike with him, and I flew back to Texas. Like, flew back Friday morning, and then flew back to Denver Saturday morning, and then took off. And everything was going great until this 18-wheeler pulled out in front of me, and I went to hit my brakes, and I just, they started working for a second, and then the pedal just went all the way down. And it was a pretty sketchy move to get to maneuver and not hit the car in front of me in the 18 wheeler that was blocking most of the road. Uh, But then I didn't have brakes after that. And I knew I lost like all my fluid went somewhere. I blew a hole. There was I wasn't going to fix it. And, you know, I just kept going, dude. And then I I know how'd you keep going? How, what'd you do
1: like just, how'd you stop did you just flintstone it the whole time yeah i did
0: flintstone it uh well it's shortly <laughs> what's crazy is shortly after my brakes went out when i came into that next city the next town can't remember which one it was but i so I, how far but, out from sturgis are you when your brakes go out oh i how was like an, i was an hour outside of denver maybe oh wow so i mean five hours away six hours yeah and uh, that first town I came into, my bike quit running. And I'm like, what the fuck? But it was a blessing in disguise because I, I wasn't 100% sure my brakes didn't work at all at that point. You know, I hadn't used them <laughs> since the 18-wheeler. And, uh, but my bike vapor locked, dude. I never had that happen. It got so fucking hot. When I finally disconnected the fuel line from the carburetor, it shot out of there like a rocket. And I was like, oh, that's probably, you know, I got a fuel issue. Because it acted like it ran out of gas. But then I let let it cool down, and then I rode. When I got to Newcastle, now, Newcastle is when you get to the Black Hills. And from Newcastle to Sturgis, it's like, it's a sweet fucking ride, especially when the sun's up. Uh, But it was raining. I got rained on like five times, dried out each time, then got wet again. And I got to Newcastle, the sun went down. And there was nobody on the road, and that's what they call the ice box. Is that and section so between is, Newcastle? This is Friday night. It's Saturday night. Saturday night. But yeah, that last stretch, dude, no breaks. It was the sun was down. It was dark. There's fucking deer everywhere. There's a bunch of turns, downhill, uphill. I was like <laughs> so fucking tense. By the time I got to Deadwood, I hit you up, and I was like, all right, I'm, I I hit you up, and you were out to eat. And I was like, "Nope, I'm just going to fucking camp, dude." I'm like, dead. I've had I'm too dead. Too much. So yeah, that that was Friday night, though. That was Friday night because it was the night before the pool party, okay. which was Saturday.
1: Yeah, you're right. But either way, either way, it doesn't matter.
0: But, fucking sketchy, I mean, right in, dude.
1: At least you made it. So what? What ended up being the issue? Because you were working on your breaks at the pool party on Saturday.
0: Well, yeah, I out. had a guy, my my buddy fucking Awas, dude. He was actually our uh, one of the mechanics we took to the mid four hundred. He's a he's a hell of a hand. And uh, you know, we went and tried to bleed him again. At some point, I think I uh I got my hands on some dot three or four, which is not what I run in there, but I was like, Fuck it, you know, let's just stick it in there. So then that ended yes. up clogging up the the master Seals. cylinder i yeah. had a line made the next day and then i ended up having to get a master cylinder rebuild kit and then it during all that at some point i like i lost the o-ring in between the caliper uh it was just one thing after another i literally rode around Sturgis for four days with no brakes whatsoever
1: which is not the place you want to be riding around with with no brakes. <laughs> no.
0: I mean, there's not really any place you want to ride with no brakes and that especially is not one of them.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Huh.
0: But I made it to the uh, pool party and the pool party was fucking it was it was a uh, dude, I mean, it was such a wild sight to see. You know, you I roll in, <laughs> I'm cruising down Deadwood, you know, you got the casinos, you got bikes lined up down the road and it's like, you know, all baggers and dinas and black, and then every once in a while there's a crazy custom paint job, and you know those the weekend warriors we were just talking about, and then you get to the square and then bam, there's a bunch of fucking sweet choppers in a pool
1: and a uh a
0: skyjack a scissor lift <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, when I was watching this fucking belly flop contest, dude, I was just like, th- th- we are so close to having a serious accident. Right When that dude did the gainer off there, I was like, he was so close to just diving straight in three foot of water. you talking about the dude, he did like a one and a half to belly flop gainer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know, dude. He, he almost like dove right into three foot.
0: Well, did you hear what happened at the lead sled party? No,
1: I didn't. Please tell me.
0: So they did the I same thing wait. on Thursday. They busted the pool out, the fucking scissor jack.
1: Wait, and so this is at the same location? The same location? Okay. Yeah, so okay. What's,
0: okay, let's let's back up. So you guys did the pool party. It was a, it was a smash, right? Yep. Mike and the other fun. guy, they, they ended up splitting the pot. The crowd was stoked about the belly flop thing, which I did not see coming. Uh, <laughs> and it was good. So then they drained the fucking pool. Dude, we ended up raising, like,
1: those guys got, like, I think 300 bucks a piece or something. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. They split
0: sweet. A, over $500. Yeah. And that yeah. was crowdsourced, right? That's right. When yeah. I showed up, the, the pot was already at 500 or something. Yeah. And so I did need a bath, cool. but I just, I just <laughs> wasn't willing to do it in front of everybody.
1: You never need a bath. Just uh, keep, that's what Mike keep said. Standard.
0: Kickstart was like, man, the only reason I got in was because I needed a bath. <laughs> that guy's a man Oh, dude, I had never, start Mike is solid gold, dude I had
1: never met him until Saturday at a pool party And he was so great Yeah, I
0: fucking love Mike But yeah, so they, <laughs> I guess they drained the pool that night And put yep. up a fucking, uh, what do you call it? Put up the, the mechanical bull pool. for the choppers yeah. party the next day yep, Which right. was not as successful as the pool, dude And it was hot as shit that day and right, so they were we having to a they were having a power. It. Yeah, they were having a power issue, right? So they couldn't make the bull like really throw anybody off. And we weren't aware of this until Oliver came up to me and he was like, dude, fucking give the next guy to ride the bull for eight seconds a hundred bucks. So I start saying that over the microphone. Sure enough, we got to take it right out of the gate. And then the fucking guy operating the bull couldn't even throw him off. You know, I told him, like, hey, don't let this guy ride eight fucking seconds. And he, sure enough, the first guy, I have to give $100 because the bull is going fucking so slow. I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me right now. And and so you're emceeing this event right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Which I, that, I guarantee you, well? I am not as good as Oliver at working a crowd. <laughs> yeah, it, Oliver did a great job. Oh, Oliver's fucking gold at that, dude. <clears throat> For real. I... uh That's no, I, you know, I enjoy We did a kickstart competition. I love doing that. Uh, but, like, as far as getting the crowd worked up, I'm not exactly the guy for that job. Oliver is way fucking better at it.
1: Yeah, But I have sure. fun, and you
0: know, like just – I mean, I feel like, you know, when I first offered to even do that, it was like I don't want to be a guy – I'm not going to put on a show for people to go to, but I would like to be a part – you know, some way, somehow. So,
1: right. That's right, what I
0: decided. <clears throat> so, but, so, t- so, so they so they fucking tear down the pool, right? They do yep. the mechanical bull, and then they put the pool back up
1: on Thursday for yeah. lead sled.
0: Yeah, I think okay. they even did it before that. So the lead sled guys are there now. Not this is just what I heard, and I saw a video of it. <clears throat> One of the guys, Zach. <clears throat> Which he's the reason I have a KTM XCFW is because he let me borrow his one time.
1: That's Pat's buddy, right?
0: Yep. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. You he, tell me about this
0: guy. He does a fucking belly flop, but he, you know, his angle was a little off, and he bounced his fucking head off the bottom of the pool. Oh, no. Yeah, like cracked his back. He's out cold, dude. Somebody, Donnie Reese had to jump in the pool, pull him out. His lips are blue. Fucking party shuts down. They all think he just fucking killed himself, you know? They're fixing to give him CPR, and he finally starts breathing. Uh, They had to take him away in a fucking ambulance.
1: You're kidding me.
0: No, he cracked a couple fucking, you know, spine bone, whatever the fuck you call them. Uh, No. Yeah, his eyes, black as shit. I got a message from him in a a neck brace in the hospital, giving me a thumbs up with, like, the gnarliest black eye ever. I think he fucking cracked his eye socket, too.
1: Oh my gosh. But he's okay
0: now. He's well, he he flew back to Daytona or Dayton. And uh yeah, he's I mean, he's not dead.
1: Good. Good.
0: But the, oh, oh yeah, so, the the first so anyways, the first after that. Yeah, the first call they got was he had a fucking his brain was bleeding and swelling and they were going to have to fucking cut his head open. And then he got better so, after that.
1: So so give me the Give me the rundown. Are they on that same Skylift deal?
0: I think so. Yeah. The video I saw was like I mean, the okay. complete repeat of what you guys were doing.
1: Okay. Got it. Skylift and
0: fucking blow or you know, pop up pool.
1: Similar height. Right the,
0: in the, the middle of Deadwood at the out at the Harley Davidson Outlaw Square, dude. <laughs> Oops. Oh man. Uh, Harley is definitely like you know, having a conversation about all the people they brought to Sturgis this year. Like, all right, with, <laughs> you know, fuck. We had a guy die on the flat track. Uh, yeah, Tuesday I know. Night. I know. Maybe it was fucking gnarly, dude.
1: Crazy, right?
0: It was, uh, dude. I mean, I don't even. Yeah.
1: What, what was he riding? Was he actually racing, or was he? Yeah, on he a was on a
0: shovelhead. Uh, and this guy, he's from Milwaukee. His name's Ron. He puts on a show called the High Voltage Show.
1: Uh, yep, I mean yep. he's
0: it's not his first time to race his shovel head. He's he fucking put uh spikes on it and he raced it on the ice, I think multiple times. And he's right. a race promoter. It, I mean it wasn't his first, first gig. Uh yeah, but dude, I, I just felt so fucking helpless when I rolled around the track and just saw him and I'm like, Oh my god. Luckily there was an ambulance on site. Uh you know, they got him. They got him somewhat stabilized where they could take him to the hospital. And, uh, he, man, he just didn't make it. But uh, silver lining was come to find out he'd been battling uh, pancreatic cancer and had already talked about how he wanted his ashes scattered at Bear Butte there in Sturgis. Wow. And, uh, you know, from what I understand, pancreatic cancer has like a 10% survival rate. He was He'd been going through some pain. It wasn't like a, you know, wasn't a pleasant thing. And, you know only maybe we'll be lucky enough to go out on our bike and that's uh, right you know.
1: at Sturgis flat track racing
0: at the Jack Pine short track. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well that's, that's, I hate to hear that. I mean, I did hear about, it. I wasn't exactly sure what the story was, but man, I, I, obviously I, I don't like hearing that. No, it's a bummer.
0: does. I mean, you know, and nobody it does. was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, we were racing. We, it was like a spec. It, really, the gig was we were antagonizing the crowd, getting to try and come down and beat Danger Dan on the track. And uh, you know, it was kind of like a exhibition, if you will. But dude, when you're on the track and you're sitting on fucking two wheels, you're racing. You know, like exhibition or not, dude, we're out there. You know, trying to win, man.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be too.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, I actually, uh, We had so actually- much fun.
1: I, I went to the uh, the Mama Tried little mini bike races. What do they call that? The flat out Friday oh, the bike. Yeah, I went to the boonie bike race uh, right before, right outside of Sasha's. Uh, whatever. I guess that would be Saturday night, the night of our party. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, man, I really want to ride one of those. I really want to race one of those. Like, that looks so fun. But then I was like, I can't. I'm going on this dirt bike trip. What's going to happen is I'm going to get on one of these bikes. I'm going to get hurt. And so... I had to force myself to to not race one, but that would be so me to hop on one of those and do something stupid and oh, that, break my That reminds leg. me,
0: dude, before the pool party, before the prison pool party, I went and did a hair scramble on the chopper. Me and my buddy Al and Nick rode our fucking choppers at the hair scramble that uh, Flat Out Friday put on. Oh, that's right, because that was on Saturday as well. Saturday morning, yeah. How was that? I mean, <laughs> I, obviously that's not something you want to ride a rigid chopper on. But, you know, considering <laughs> what they had to work with, Jeremy's son, Loyal, you know, put a track together. He hit every obstacle that was possible to hit out there at the full throttle saloon. And, you know, there was a <laughs> there was a hill climb. He has, like, this section of, like, old broke down vehicles and cars. It's like a graveyard of vehicles. And we went through there. Uh Right by the crowd <laughs> so, at the bar, they had they had these cars buried in the ground. And the fucking spectators were just chunking beers at everybody that rode by. And I jumped the cars, like, before the race, you know, to, like, get some photos and some video.
1: On then, the chopper.
0: Yeah, on the chopper. And then during the race, I, like, stalled out on top of a car. Right in front of all the spectators just chunking fucking beer cans. I'm like, this is the worst place ever to stall out, dude. <laughs> no, you did on it on purpose. Pedestal. Entertainment. Oh, no. Absolutely not. The jump had <laughs> changed after the dirt bikes went over it a couple times.
1: <laughs> Dang, that's great. But, you that's know, a, but it was that's, another. So that's, Go ahead. That's one thing I love about Surgis is, is how outlaw it is. Like, you can do whatever you want at Surgis and it's okay. There's just no rules, and that's what makes it fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, it's like the full throttle and the buffalo chip. Things are fucking, I mean, if you can't have a good time there, you're not going to have a good time anywhere.
1: That's right. Yeah, for sure. It's different than any other of the events that we typically go to because now there's so much fire department rules and county rules involved that it takes a, a lot of the fun away from it. I mean, keeping everybody safe, I guess, is what they're doing. They're doing their jobs. Yeah. We'll let it slide.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's so much funner to do shit when you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but so yeah, the, dude. It was, so having Prism and
0: Flat Out Friday, Chopper's Magazine come out to fucking Sturgis was awesome, you know? Uh,
1: dude, I, I loved it. I really did. It was great. It was epic. I can't wait for next year. Are you
0: guys going to do it? That's what, that was going to be our next question. Like, are you going to come back?
1: I hope so. I mean, I'll, I'll be back for sure. I hope we can do another event with Harley. I thought that was great. I hope that they, uh, they enjoyed it. I want to do some, some bigger and better things next year. But again, it was like, it was my first year, so I didn't really know what to expect going into it. So now I kind of know what to expect and I can kind of grow from there.
0: What it, How did it uh, meet your expectations, or did it meet your expectations?
1: <laughs> hmm. Um, it, at first, I was a little nervous because it was somewhat hard finding bikes that they're like cool bikes that we like. Because, like you said, there was just a bunch of weekend warriors. But then, as the day went on, it, it got packed. You know, like where all you guys were parked. Which, by the way, I got in trouble where all you guys. I got in trouble by the dude that uh, runs Deadwood square outlaw square because of all the brake fluid that got leaked there
0: (laughs) yeah i heard about it the next day they they tried to put me in charge of putting the diapers on all the bikes and i'm like here's the deal just because i got the microphone doesn't mean i'm going to help enforce any rules okay actually it it means exactly the opposite because i'm the reason that you're in trouble now is because that's i'm the one that left the mess over there on the fucking brakes
1: yeah so i had
0: to deal with that on saturday night
1: um but I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like if we have some degreaser, like I'll get on my hands and knees and I'll scrub all this stuff. <laughs> but they're these are choppers. Like, what do you expect? They're gonna leak. Like, I, I don't really know what to tell you. But anyway, um, so yeah, it it took a minute for the party to fill up. And but once it did, dude, it, it was epic. It really was. And the pool party was great and Oliver did a great job. Oliver Peck did a great job getting people involved. And so I I was super stoked on it. Good. In the end.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, I hope Harley was, and I think,
1: and, uh, and I think people had a, I think people had a really good time, and that's what's most important is everybody else had a great
0: time. Well, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that you know they've seen bikes like that in magazines, uh, you know, and they're and not like there aren't chopper shows or haven't been chopper shows out in Sturgis for the fucking ever, uh, but that was kind of like right out there in a place where most people, uh, you know, wouldn't normally see that shit. So. That's right. I, I think there's also something that
1: we can all do moving forward of like, instead of flat out Friday having an event the same day as ours, we we partner like, all right. So at the same site, there's a race that's happening as well as a chopper show of these show bikes yeah. versus it like versus like us spreading the love. You know what I mean? Um, we can have all the love in one place, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, me and Jeremy talked about it. Uh, we did a podcast pre-Sturgis you know, he was telling me everything he had going on. And I'm telling him about all the other shit going on. He's like, fuck, we got to like, there needs to be a map of all these things together. Right. So that we can like,
1: that's right. You
0: know, and that's really what happens or it has generally happened the past few years. I've been at Sturgis is, you know, it's the same group of people going from one party to the next. Like each day you see the same group someplace else supporting somebody else's uh, event. And, uh, yeah, this year there was just even more events to go to.
1: I know, I know, but it was great. It was great. I, the only regret I have is leaving so early. But again, I had another trip planned, so I didn't have much of a choice.
0: Yeah, so it, it seems like
1: seems like the majority of the events were happening after I left, which is kind of a bummer.
0: Well, the, you know, and,
1: and it, I got, I missed Skinner. I had to watch Big and Rich, and I missed Skinner. Oh my God, you watch Big and Rich. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Big and Rich
1: at Sturgis. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be Sturgis without Big and Rich. Dude, Skinner. The Bro.
0: music lineup at Sturgis never ceases to amaze me. Did you watch Skinner by chance? Not this. No, I saw their farewell tour a couple years ago. So I'm like, fuck, I thought you guys were done. You know, I can't, can't go out of my way to see you guys every time.
1: <laughs> That's what they always do. I this wish I would have seen zombie. Rob
0: Zombie, though. That's where I fucked up. Is, uh,
1: oh, I didn't even know Rob Zombie was playing. Yeah,
0: Rob Zombie played on Monday, and they said it was sick as fuck. And I bet it was because, you know, he's a very theatrical person, and you put him at a place like the Buffalo Chip where they have, like, you know, all the possibilities in the world to do whatever the fuck you want on stage, and they have these giant fucking screens. and I bet it was so sick.
1: Yeah, I bet it was. Oh, dude, the other thing I forgot to tell you about, um, so – I don't know what the chances of this are, but it was me, uh, Johnny that works at Prism, uh, Matt that works at Prism, and Josh Kerpius. And we were riding back from the Buffalo Chip. We went to the Michael Lichter show on Saturday night. And uh, we're riding back. And I don't know what the chances of this are, slim, none, but both or all three of us, me, Johnny, and Josh is running lights are out on our motorcycles. And we all get pulled over at the exact same time. And they're like, where's your insurance? Where's your registration? Where's all that? And like, we didn't have any of that stuff with us. Right.
0: Yeah, of course not.
1: <laughs> and so I was just like, dude, I promise you, I promise you my bike's legit. I just don't have it with me. My phone isn't working because the signal there sucks. Um, I can't pull any of this information up on my phone. And he was just like, all right, we'll go buy a headlamp and use it as your taillight or as your running light to get back and it'll be all right. And I said, okay. And so we had – we all three of us stopped, and we had to rig up a a headlamp as our taillights. Did he throw you in the cop car? No, he didn't, thank you. No. I thought, I thought Johnny was going to get in trouble, though, because his bike was, like, last registered in California five years ago or something. <laughs> From my
0: experience, I've been pulled over in Sturgis every year at least once until this year. And, I mean, they're generally pretty – as long as you're not slobbering drunk – I, I tend to have great experiences with them. Now, I've heard other people have had other stories, uh, but maybe they're just not communicating they correctly. Kinda, they,
1: did, they did come off harsh at first, I will say. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's just part of their, part of their skit. Um, yeah, especially when you're they, riding
0: fucking shitbox choppers like you guys are. That's I mean, right. They, that's they right. thought they fucking pulled over some serious fucking dirtbag outlaws.
1: That's right. And then we kind of killed them with kindness, and they left us alone after that. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's the nature game.
0: That's the way to do it, really every time yeah
1: but yes yeah, so that was my sturgis experience
0: it was great so no tickets or nothing
1: no tickets they were like all right be safe we trust you but I, like you said i think they were just making sure we weren't plastered mm-hmm. which we weren't we each had had like a couple beers within four hours
0: the lichter show was great wasn't it
1: dude there were so many great vibes there so <laughs> much, so much great artwork and that was cool seeing a bunch of our friends artwork up
0: yeah absolutely and lichter Lictor's show is always like it's a must when you're at sturgis uh, yeah the bikes he brings in the art he puts on the walls the photography i mean he always
1: and it's it. a great it's it really is a great mix of bikes it's not like oh these are all 1960s to 1970s choppers it's not like that at all it's just like a great mix of different art
0: so Could there was a BMW, lot of
1: BMW, Harley, dude, Indian, you name it.
0: There was a lot of badass bikes in that show. And That's right. The one that sticks out to me the most that like I was just like, "Fuck, this looks cool as shit." Was I think his name is Danny? Danny something. Oh fuck. Danny so- Oh, it was the fucking it was a twin cam or an M eight or something. But it was all every piece was Seracoted. The bike looked like it was plastic. Oh huh. God, Danny Wilson. It's uh I can't recall. Moto Witch. I... It was in the back. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what bike you're talking about.
1: I know exactly what bike you're talking Dude, about. Dude,
0: that bike was cool as shit, man. Yeah.
1: So much work went in that. Too. I
0: love that coat on the motor. Like it just Fuck, I think it looks so rad.
1: Yeah. A- another bike that I thought was incredible that wasn't in that show, and I don't know if you saw this, um, but the dude Corey from Main Drive Cycle.
0: Oh, yeah. His M8 FXR. yes
1: has. He has. That thing was sick.
0: Dude, Corey's got some style, you know, like oh, real yeah. subtle. Most people, for sure, n- you know, 99% of the people at Sturgis would never notice anything about that bike being special, but it's that's what was cool
1: about it to me. Yeah, Corey's been cool doing a lot it, of
0: rat shit for a long time. A long. That's time. right. Did
1: you get to talk yeah. to him at all? Yeah, yeah. He came to the pool party, so we talked, and he was checking out all the people that were were running his controls on their bikes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. a great dude.
0: He's he's fucking in my neighborhood. I need I need to have him on the podcast at some point. I think we've talked about yeah. it more than
1: once. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so that was my, that was my
0: Sturgis experience. Yeah. Well, what am I, what am I, I missing? What, what have you not told me about it? Well, I mean, dude, I mean, I pretty much rode around without brakes for four days uh, <laughs> to the racetrack. Dude, the flat out Friday racing was awesome. They had a.
1: Did you party too hard or you, did you, were you all right?
0: No, I didn't. I, one night I tied one on with the old dudes at the camera. So I stayed at this fucking little spot called Bulldog Creek.
1: Uh And uh,
0: it's not like any of the other campgrounds. It's got a small little, like, hut where they make homemade food every night. They have a special each day, good food in the morning, too, little bar and a stage. And then we have, like, our own little private corner uh, that my friend P.A., he he comes up from Texas at the beginning of the summer and just works at the place all summer long and then takes off for the week at Sturgis, and he's got, like, He's got a chopper, he's got a couple of bikes, he's got his toy hauler, he's got like his own house set up up there, and we just kind of crashed his place, and one night, me and uh, my buddy Ethan White, Country Grammar, we stayed up yep. drinking with him till fucking <laughs> early, and then I had to go do a video shoot, I, I talked in front of a camera for like four hours, and I'm sure my eyes were over. fucked up, and... Uh, <laughs> But it was good, you know I I enjoy hanging out with those guys I only see them at the uh, At the campground They actually came to the Chopper show for a minute But uh Yeah, that and racing Dude, the fucking hooligans They came to win, man And you know, fucking Jeremy Prack I love his energy And the amount of thought That he puts into everything he does You know, and the intent And the idea You know, he's aware that the racing's not possible if you don't put on a show for the spectators. But That's he right. knows you gotta- that, you know, the the racers aren't going to come unless there's a fucking race, you know? Like, he, he juggles the both of them very well. And, uh, you know, I look up to what he does and respect him as an individual and a promoter. And, uh, you know, I, I just enjoy being a small part of what he's got going on.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would like to do more with those guys, too, at some point.
0: And I got to hang out with Warren. You know, like I've never, I've never spent much time. I think I shook his hand once a couple of years ago. But you know, I've hung out with Scott and Jeremy quite a bit. Uh, but yep. to, you know, to get to hang out with Warren and get to know him, super rad guy. His fucking all those chopper guys, all those guys sick. are great. Yeah, yeah. His knuckle, his knucklehead chopper was bad. Dude, he almost won the kickstart competition. Did he? Dude, the Kickstarter competition went so well. We had so much who, fun.
1: Do you do you do you remember who won?
0: Yeah, Liam won. Oh, so really? It, it got down to Liam and Warren, and their bikes just kept starting. Do we had them? I had them pick some like one of their friends. I had them pick a girl. I had them go and like find somebody off the street that wasn't even a part of the event. I was like, you know, find somebody off the sidewalk and convince them to come over here and start your chopper. And then, <laughs> uh, but the bikes just kept firing up. So Oliver was like, dude make them do a leg race so that's what we did we went to the top of the stairs and i counted down and they fucking took off running and everybody at the party like built a wall they fucking were throwing elbows they took liam out there was beer (laughs) and cans like flying through the air and liam had already jumped off the ground and was starting his motorcycle while shit was still flying through the air it was awesome (laughs) man i hit i missed that that sounds great it was pretty good man <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I hung out at Sasha Sasha's place is such a rat spot right there on uh Lazelle. Uh, yeah, he's got a what? bunch of cool choppers, bunch of rad it's people cr- stay there.
1: Yeah, it's sick that his shop's just like right in the heart of everything.
0: Well, and that's new. He just, I think, last year was the first Sturgis that he owned that building, and uh, um, he does a chopper show every Friday, and I love it, dude. He just has like this big piece of wood spray painted choppers friday at noon or something you know and it's up all week yeah. long.
1: and i saw uh i saw Yokin, uh the ceo of harley playing on stage with him dude i missed sasha. it
0: did you see that though
1: yeah yeah dude, did he, he crushes it
0: he's great oh that's what carrie was telling me that he got up on stage <laughs> and played guitar with fucking sasha
1: yeah that's right it was so awesome.
0: fucking rad yeah i didn't ethic. see that one coming
1: i guess he's it's like they do it every year i i I guess i don't know
0: i mean i don't know that he's gotten on stage. i mean i don't know that he did that last year i know sasha has his party but
1: right right get the ceo
0: of fucking harley up there on the stage with a bunch of chopper dirt bags it's pretty fucking epic
1: dude it's really sick did you get to talk to him much at all i thought i thought harley did a great job this year of like bringing in some cool events and and doing some fun stuff yeah i did actually meet him this year that's the first time i've ever met him
0: what's your impression
1: of who sasha or Jokin or both yokin um i thought he was nice um i was in the middle of like the pool party so it was like kind of running around i was a little busy um but at the same time i'm like talking to the ceo of harley so i'm like i gotta focus you know i gotta be intentional with this guy um but it was just it was good, yeah. He was nice. I think he, uh, I think he's gonna do some cool stuff. We're doing some cool stuff with Harley.
0: Well, it'll be, it'll be exciting. I mean, what, what they did <laughs> at Sturgis this year is, uh, you know, it's a new, pretty time. rock and roll, yeah, pretty new. Yeah, not even so. new. It's just like kind of fresh. You know, it's just like
1: well, it's, it's going back to the roots. I feel like a little bit, and that's what I really respected about it.
0: Yeah, it'll uh, hopefully they'll keep doing it.
1: <laughs> as long as we didn't scare people away
0: uh well i'm sure that that happened you know but some people need to be scared away dude you know there's not bikes for everybody that's right oh well Uh, so you left sunday morning right
1: yeah i left first thing sunday morning to
0: go to idaho
1: on this dirt bike trip that i've been planning for like 10 months now and i'm not super pleased to talk about it because i didn't do as well as i wanted to but it was just like a an insane ride, man. It was so
0: hard. So, tell me was, about the ride. Like, just tell me about the event itself first.
1: Okay. So, the event is called the Tour of Idaho, and it's 2,500 miles, and, and I'm not exaggerating. It's probably 85% of that is all single track. So, tw- you 2, know.
0: 2,500 miles.
1: Yeah, 2,500 miles. So, very, 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 very slow miles at that. You know how riding single track is.
0: Oh, dude, I did and, 39 miles the other day and it was smoked. And how long did that take you? Oh, uh, it was four and a half hours. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's what I'm getting at. And then
1: when you're on like the hillside of a mountain, and you can't like inch over. You're going to die. Basically, you're even more cautious and slower. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, so the tour of Idaho, it's 2400 2500 miles and it's 13 days total. There's a couple of days off in there where you're supposed to get new tires and do some maintenance oh, to your bike. Oh my
0: gosh. There Who puts this event on? Who is like <laughs> who is so fucking gnarly that they're like offer this as an event.
1: The, yeah, and it's 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 not an event where you even like get a trophy or anything. It's just like a bragging rights event basically. Like the dude doesn't get paid for it, he doesn't
0: charge for it. It's just you sign up for it and you do it. So I think I found this guy. I think I found the blog. Like it's just like yeah, a, it's a shitty like the dude's using, you know. I mean it's it's a it's a blog that looks like it was created in the early, aughts.
1: Is this the that's same right. One? Before
0: before they had Shopify
1: to create easy websites. Yeah. Is when this guy created this, that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, the dude name. The dude's name is Martin, and he's kind. He's an older fellow. I would guess he's like. Uh, late 50s early 60s but he's like his history was in rock climbing so he like climbed everest and did any sorts of hiking or climbing like that like any tough adventure he did um so anyway that's kind of his history and then he got into riding dirt bikes and he was like i want to create this really 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 hard adventure ride and so then he created tour of idaho and he's been doing it i want to say 15 to 20 years now and it's again it's not It's not a well-known event just because he doesn't care about it being a well-known event. He just wants these people to sign up, like these tough people to sign up and try to do
0: it. That's, that's wild. You know, what's crazy is the crossover there is I've been noticing a lot since I've gotten my Harley Pan America and been, you know, immersing myself, not even immersing, but just kind of like, you know, digging into the adventure world. There's a lot of crossover between rock climbers and dirt bikers kind of like yeah. skateboards and choppers you know that's there's right. like uh there's that's a right. a common thread with people who like to climb fucking steep rock surfaces and ride dirt bikes
1: ride dirt bikes on steep mountain <laughs> landscapes
0: yeah well <laughs> and uh i mean that's a lot of 2500 miles yeah on so a dirt bike. that's a lot basically even over two the, weeks three weeks three weeks it's a right. lot
1: so I basically I almost made it a thousand miles out of it, which a thousand and so that was four days. Um, oh, before and, we get
0: into your ride, I gotta we gotta do some more background here.
1: Okay, all right. All right. How did you Getting find this? So my riding partner, I had a teammate for this ride. He had tried it before. Okay. So uh, he's the guy that I ride with a lot here in North Carolina, and. Um he was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing it again. Would you want to do it? And so I was like, Yeah, let's do it. So that's how I got signed up for it.
0: Nice. So he had some experience.
1: That's right. He has and this, some experience. And this
0: wasn't your first crazy off road uh test. I've or, done some So you, you did the, some like what was the thousand mile? What is that? The uh Yeah, that was the the vintage one thousand. The vintage one thousand.
1: Yeah, so I did that on my Sportster, which is, like, 1970 Sportster. So that ride wasn't as hard, like, endurance-wise as much as it was just, like, hard doing it on a Sportster. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, that's, Where this, that's hard this endurance ride. on a Sportster for a 1,000 miles.
1: <laughs> well, this – and that was in five days. But this ride, I had, like, um, a brand-new Hus- – basically a brand-new 2018 Husqvarna FE 450. So the street-illegal version. street legal dirt bike, basically. Like, modern suspension everything was dialed in on that bike
0: so now let's i want to talk about the 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 1000 the vintage 1000 okay and you wrote a 70 would you say 79 70
1: 1970 70
0: 1970 70. and yeah. was it all um, stock suspension like all stock parts or did you at least have some aftermarket suspension on there
1: you couldn't you it had if you were to put aftermarket suspension on it you would have to you had to do period correct suspension so oh, wow so I had 1970s stock Harley Davidson suspension on it. I didn't even rebuild the front end before I did it.
0: Oh my god. What was everybody so else riding like XT 500s?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like late 70s Yamaha XTs and like the suspension on those bikes is like <laughs> basically modern compared to what I was riding.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think when I looked into that, you had to have it had to have you couldn't have mono shock, right? It had to be a dual
1: that's correct.
0: A dual rear suspension. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. I have a seventy six XT five hundred, and until I got my KTM, like that was my most modern dirt bike, and I fucking love that. I still have it. It's an amazing bike. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah. it, to think Which about is riding funny. a Sportster next to like it's not it doesn't even compare. Like they're that's right three well, or four that's what times was so away. Funny.
1: That was so funny about it. And I I remember in the initial riders meeting
0: uh, the night before we started the
1: ride, you had to like introduce yourself and say what you were riding. And I said, my name is Jake Hines. I'm riding a 1970 Sportster. And I kid you not, everybody started laughing at me. (laughs) I bet so, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what am I getting myself into?
0: But that's what made it cool, you know. No, absolutely. I, I hey, I mean, I've I raced a Sportster at the Mint Four Hundred. Like I'm, I'm that's completely right. familiar with this. You know. Which, hey, if you need a if you need a racing partner for that, on in. let me know. Well, dude, I mean, or maybe we just do our own team, or we have a new team and we have a couple I, bikes in there. I don't know why you haven't done that yet, dude. Because that that race, I mean, just even if you weren't going to do it on something uh, like a Sportster. Just the whole atmosphere being in Las Vegas, parading your bike down the fucking strip with all the fucking giant sand rails and jeeps yeah. and trucks, trophy truck. I mean, the fact that they even let me in that race still blows my mind. You know, there's trucks that are <laughs> worth a million dollars, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you can ride your shitbox Sportster out here, too. It's a fucking yeah, fun no. one.
1: I know that one. That one looked awesome, and I know there was some drama that happened behind the scenes there.
0: Oh, what even behind the scenes, dude? That fucking Joker, dude. Some yeah, it wasn't guy, even
1: behind the scenes. You're right,
0: dude. This guy, you know. So, and and recently he fucking he screwed somebody else over recently. Rich Silva, but yeah, some dude raced it for the first time, and his bike broke, and he got stuck on the track, and he just started complaining that he didn't get rescued immediately, and I was just. I I try and stay out of internet drama, but the fact that they even let us take our Sportsters on this fucking track, I'm like, dude, don't fuck that up. You know, like that was kind of where I was. Uh, I didn't want him to piss off the promoters so much that they're like, dude, it's not even worth letting ten Sportsters come and race our race. Yeah, true. If true. we're gonna get this much of a headache from some fucking tool. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, that's definitely a fun race. But the Vintage 1000 looked fucking rad too because it was, you know, it was a little bit tighter. It's kind of like this Tour of Idaho. It's not really well known. They probably yep, do a little right. bit more promotion behind the Vintage 1000 than the Tour of Idaho. Yeah, the Tour of Idaho guy doesn't
1: want to do any promotion. It's like better for him for people to not know about it.
0: Yeah, cuz it's I mean, how many people did it this year?
1: Well, so there's the way it works is there's one team that basically goes a day for um, for two months straight
0: holy shit yeah dude that's a lot of work for this guy two months straight and he's the only one that does it so it's more or less like it's not even it's not a race i mean are they even keeping times or is it just like
1: no it has nothing to do with times it's either you make it or you don't and it doesn't matter it's not like there's a third place oh you made it third furthest no that doesn't matter it's hey did you complete the entire ride or did you
0: not so is it all on BLM or is it? Does he have to like open up some private all, land to make it's, it happen? It's
1: all on BLM, all of it.
0: Wow, dude! Some of the gnarliest riding I've done on the Pan America was in Idaho. Like, yeah, by a long, sh- by a landslide, dude. The it's crazy shit.
1: There's nothing in Idaho. There's nothing in Idaho other than land, potatoes, and ten people.
0: Dude, so dude, <laughs> like the fucking Lolo Run that I did last year was so sick. I think Luke was telling me that there's more land per square foot of surface land than there is in Texas in Idaho, just because of all the elevation changes.
1: Oh, yeah, that's probably true. If you true. were to
0: lay it out flat, it'd be more than Texas. That's a lot, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was it was a gnarly ride. So, so does it is we... it
0: the same each year?
1: No, it's not. It's not. And what, what made it tough this year is he added this, these sections called mystery sections. So that way, for people that live there, they don't have an advantage over somebody like me that lives on the East Coast. Gotcha. Or you that lives in, down in Texas. Um, and th- we don't get to ride this stuff every day. So what he did was he added these mystery sections that he doesn't tell you the route or the waypoints. You have to navigate through it basically by compass. But he doesn't tell you these waypoints until that morning or until you get to – if it's the second half of the day, until you get to um, the destination right before that. And then he'll say, all right, so here's your route for the rest of the day. Here's your waypoints for the rest of the day. So a lot of people have never ridden any of this stuff before.
0: So you got two guys. Now, what does he tell you ahead of time? Like, What do you have to have to even set out on this mission?
1: So he suggests that – I mean – you have to be able to go 250 miles on without stopping for fuel. So I had a four and a half gallon tank, which is stock tanks like two and a half gallons, whatever your tank is, two gallons, maybe. Um, so, uh, I put a four and a half gallon tank on, and then I had a two gallon fuel bladder, like a giant loop fuel bladder that I strapped to the back of my bike. Like
0: one of those bags.
1: That's right. Those yep, things yep, yep. are so
0: fucking handy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it saved my life for real. <laughs> Because because there was a there was a day I, I kid you not, we started riding at two thirty one morning. No and,
0: fucking way, dude.
1: Oh every day we started that early. Oh so we started God. we started at two thirty this one morning and we're thinking we're gonna be back by roughly midnight. That's what we're thinking. So it's midnight and we're stuck <laughs> we're stuck in the valley of these mountains and we don't know how to get out. And we're like trying to figure out this dude's navigation. This is one of those sections where you can't just like plug it into your GPS and figure out your way out. You're literally looking for like this dirt road in the middle of a field oh that's gosh. like that nobody's ridden in five years. So it's like all overgrown. Plus it's midnight, plus it's in the middle of a thunderstorm, right? Oh so my that's gosh. it took us like three or four hours together. I got back to where I was staying that night at 340 in the morning. So I started riding at 230 a.m. the day before and I got back at 340 AM the next day.
0: Oh my God. No wonder you postponed this podcast, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> so so this and it gets worse. So
1: the next day, you really need to start riding by like, I don't know, six or seven. Let's in hold on, the on. Let's
0: just go back to the beginning. Let's go back to you <laughs> you and so where was your partner? Cause he wasn't in Sturgis, right?
1: He was not in Sturgis, so um, he had driven out there with, well, actually, make a long story short, he had just moved from North Carolina to Portland, Oregon, so he's now living in, in Portland, so okay. I met him at the starting point of this trip, which is basically Malad City. Um, was I it owned, at, like, a
0: lodge, or was it at a campground, or?
1: We were staying in an RV that okay. we just rented. somebody,
0: yeah, Um So anyway, I meet him
1: there. We have basically a down day. This is right after surges. We have a down day together where we're like doing our last minute route planning and making sure we have all the supplies we need, making sure our tools aren't overlapping because all we're carrying are these small giant loop. I think they call them like Mojave bags or something. And they don't carry much. They carry like a change of clothes and that's pretty much it. So anyway, we're going through everything and making sure we don't have like overlapping tools. Let's just carry one of each tool. Blah 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 blah. Um, I'm carrying a chainsaw, so we got to make sure we ha- we have uh, <laughs> extra blade, uh bar fluid. You know, we got to make sure we have everything to be able to use the chainsaw.
0: Yeah, because those things they don't. I don't know. Did you have an electric one or a gas powered? I had a gas powered one. Okay, so yeah. it was a, d- a still st ninety
1: four or okay, something. Okay, I like have
0: that. a still but, as well. Does it hold the bar fluid? Because it seems like every time no. I put my fucking Chainsaw in the case. All the bar fluid is in the case. When I go to use yeah, it the next time,
1: that's right. It it did leak bar fluid. It did.
0: <laughs> and you had this <laughs> mounted on the front of your bike. Yeah,
1: exactly. I had it mounted on the front of my dirt bike.
0: Uh, Which so did made you it have the, Did you have the suspension set up for this? I did. I okay, did. Good.
1: Good. And it made it extra hard to ride. Still, though, because like the bike was taller overall, and I'm kind of a short person, so I could not like, get any footing.
0: Oh, that's so so crucial when you're off-road.
1: That's right. And so you got the extra weight of all your fuel bags. I got the extra weight of my chainsaw. I got all my gear in those saddlebags on the side. And so, like, when I drop a bike, here I am picking up 500 pounds, basically. Yeah, like a
0: sportster. Yeah, like a sportster.
1: (laughs) So you're riding a
0: modern (laughs) dirt bike that feels like a sportster.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. I would have rather been on my Ironhead. Oh my, what is, so
0: what did he have? Like if you had the chainsaw, surely he had something, you know, what was offsetting him? Um, He had, he definitely had more supplies than I had,
1: like okay. more tools in, in general than I had, but I, I definitely had the, uh, I definitely drew the short straw on that one.
0: Where now did you guys have like backpacks with water? How did, what was the water situation? Yeah. So I, I had one of those
1: climb vests with all like the pockets in the front of it. And then it has a, a water bladder in the back. Just like a camelback in the back. Are are you familiar with what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, did you guys have pads as well, like a chest protector? I didn't wear a
1: chest protector, and that was like a last-minute decision that I chose not to do because that vest was so loaded down. I was like, this will kind of act as my chest protector. Yeah. But I did. I had elbow pads. I had knee pads. And, of course, I wore like my regular dirt bike gear, so my normal boots. Um, normal pants, jersey, all that.
0: Now, were they like fucking tech 10s or were they like enduro style boots? Um, um, they're
1: nice garnet boots, yeah, like full on of,
0: fucking dirt bike boots,
1: yeah, like expensive, nice dirt something bike you boots.
0: don't want to hike around in.
1: That's right, that's right, yeah. Um, wa- waterproof, but that was another problem. Like, they're waterproof boots, but as soon as you like do a creek crossing, no, they just Fill with water and the water sits in them.
0: Yeah, you don't. Right? I've learned that with boots. You just waterproofing is like a sales gimmick. It's not. Yeah. it's not effective. It's it's
1: if anything, it's the opposite because it just makes your gives you like trench foot, which is what happened to me.
0: Yeah, no, I I I I developed trench foot and Sturgis this year. Did I you? had waterproof fucking Justin boots because that was all that I could get my hands on a couple months ago. And dude, I ended up ripping the liners out one day, but yeah, no, I, my fucking all 10 of my toes had blisters on the bottom of them when I got yeah. yeah. I can only imagine what you did being in those <laughs> no. for that long each day, dude.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty gnarly. So anyway, we had, we had a down day, right? Where we're going through all of our gear, getting everything prepped. Um, and dude, we're just eating as much as we can. Cause we, the dude that puts the event on, he's like, you're going to be in a, a calorie deficit like you will be you cannot eat as much food as you need to so just eat 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 and so we're eating as much as we can like the couple days before now were there other Um, teams
0: there like
1: pre-gaming as well no 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 you don't you're not allowed to uh associate with any of the other teams no
0: way no way like you're not even allowed to before the thing
1: No, you don't see anybody. And that's part of what makes it so mentally hard is you're just either doing it by yourself or you're doing it with your partner. Um, The maximum number of people that you can have on a team is three. So you can either be a one-man team, a two-man team, or a three-man team. And you have different
0: routes depending on how many people are in your team. No fucking – this guy's an animal. Martin is an animal, dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we're going through – and we have like multiple different ways of GPS – tracking that we're doing and our different routes and so you've using, got
0: you've got like a gps on your handlebars were you using any app I had on two. your phone
1: i had two. You have two i was using i i was using gaia gps on a spare iphone that i had mounted on my handlebars and then i was using a voyager pro um which is if you're familiar that's like that dirt bike thing remember when we rode together i had that like yeah monitor thing that was gps but also told me engine temp and ambient temp that type of stuff. So anyway, I'm using a sphere iPhone that's running Gaia. Are you familiar with that program? Oh yeah. yeah And that was a game changer having Gaia. And then I'm running my Voyager Pro, which has like all the BLM trails loaded preloaded to that.
0: That's impressive. I mean Gaia then has had, that as well, right?
1: And then I had my other phone, like my normal phone that wasn't all mounted on my handlebars because I wanted to keep it safe, but I had that running like a different map in Gaia as well.
0: Did you have so a battery threw- pack for that, or how were you keeping everything charged? Do you have like a different alternator? Yeah, so on I had a bike.
1: I had a tank bag, and then I had a SEA or SAE connector. You know the adapters like that you would put on like a battery charger. Yep. Those like quick plugs. So I had that ran to um, a USB, and then from there I could charge my helmet light. I could charge all my phones. I could charge. Um, I had like a um, what's it called? personal beacon thing i had one of those that oh, i you was had like
0: a, a push button deal
1: yeah yeah exactly so i had to keep all that stuff charged the entire time and that was that was difficult but basically i had this like usb cord that had it was so it was a usb on one end and on the other end it had an iphone out it had a mini usb and then whatever the normal other one that looks like a mini usb is and so i could charge three things at once on that one cord
0: dude and your bike could handle that did you have to do anything to the motor to the charging to system? the saver.
1: No, the stator stator on those, the street legal bikes is better than the motocross bikes or just the trail riding bikes. Gotcha. They're already already kind of set up for that. That's
0: a lot. I'm just thinking about, like, on my Pan America, just trying to keep a few things charged, uh, which is mainly (laughs) my phone. You know, like, your headlamp, the fucking extra GPS. Like, that's just a lot, especially when you're trying to navigate you know, you like, you've got all these other things taking up your fucking available, you know, RAM, if you will.
1: Yep. yep. That's a and lot, make, dude. And then making sure you're remembering to like track so, things and turn them on and turn them off. And yeah.
0: So was he running the same kind of shit on his bike, your partner?
1: Yeah. He was basically running
0: the exact same setup. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. You and guys, so had, you guys was, didn't ever get separated or anything. Like you guys are staying together the whole time, right? Well,
1: that was the plan. The plan was to ride like side by side the entire time, never leave each other's sight. What we didn't think about is like the dust. The dust in Idaho is gnarly compared to here where it just like sits. It's like smoke. Yeah. Um, so if you're not literally side by side, if I'm like 10 feet behind them, then this smoke is just like, or dust is just blowing up and sitting there. Like, yeah. and I, I had to wait five minutes for it to pass and I wasn't Holy used shit. to it. So it was just one of those things of like, instead of one of us using brain power to navigate, we've now both had to use brain power to navigate because we weren't together. Yeah. Now we had, we had radio. Oh, that was another thing we had to charge. We had radios with us. That way when we got separated, because we didn't have phone service or anything, that way when we got separated, we could radio each other and be like, hey.
0: Not like Bluetooth or anything, but like fucking Motorola radio. That's right. That's right. Trucker radios. Wow. Yeah.
1: Which, that was one of the best things we had, for sure.
0: No shit. You guys were able mm-hmm. to talk the whole time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, we weren't able to talk the whole time. But, hey, if, if I fell, I would be like, hey, Dylan, I'm down. Give me a minute. Let me catch up.
0: Okay. So, like, like my cardo. Like, if I hook it up with somebody and I'm riding with them, I got music going. If I sing along to the music, they automatically hear it. So on your setup, you got to press a button for him to hear what you're saying.
1: Uh, yes. Yes. What, what I'm saying, what, I, how we communicated was with like a beep, beep radio, like a Motorola radio. Okay. Not like a headset, like you're talking about in your helmet. Like, okay. So you didn't have anything in your helmet. I did. I did have a Cena, but it really didn't work unless you were like right up on each other. Really? Yeah like going through the mountains were you listening was, to music i was but i couldn't even like i i just had to listen to like some non-lyric music because it i felt like it lost my focus if i was listening to any music or i tried to like listen to a podcast
0: and i couldn't focus dude so you were that fucking sucked up by just navigating right? yes oh, that's right my word dude because i mean yeah. music goes a long ways to like you know, sidetrack your brain so you can physically get past some enduring shit. But I couldn't sidetrack my brain. That's insane, do. dude.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm not kidding. Oh you my gosh! That. I what sucks is I want to do this now so bad. Like everything you're <laughs> telling me, I'm like, this sounds so so tough. So like <laughs> grueling. And and I feel like I'm
1: kind of tough with that stuff. Like typically I can just like fight through it and fight through it and fight through it, but man, dude, I was so dead. I slept I slept 10 hours in 4 days.
0: Holy. Like total. Shit. So what total. kind of preparation? Let's talk about like physical Prep. preparation. Did you do like as far as like any sleep deprivation or just were you riding your bike certain amount of hours a day? I mean, I didn't do any. I didn't do any like sleep stuff, and I wish I would have.
1: Like, I was not prepared for the lack of sleep. That was my biggest issue. Yeah. Again, I was sleeping anywhere from two to four hours a night.
0: Now, were so, you doing anything like uh, caffeine or Adderall, or I mean, yeah, yeah, all
1: all of the above. <laughs> I had, um, but the problem is the problem with that was I didn't have any food in my system. And so it was like when I would take anything, I would start to feel kind of sick. Oh, like yeah. I would get nauseous. Oh, yeah. So I just like stopped. I just like went completely natural after the first couple of days.
0: So uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie the Nomad, he used to put on the stampede race across America where they would fucking uh-huh. race hand-built choppers across, I mean, literally from coast to coast. What he would do is he would, months before the race, he would quit doing all caffeine. And then he would stay up on the weekends, like literally just not the entire sleep. weekend the yeah for the weekends just just to train himself to be able to go, and then when the race came, that caffeine works so fucking good, and caffeine is so easy to get on the road, you know uh it'd be That's interesting I to done. talk to some of the other racers to see what they do, you know, like I know.
1: I know I should have prepped. I should have prepped more for stuff like that. No, I no. Didn't. I think,
0: I think your first experience, this is the way to do it. You know, to that's like right. Really? And <laughs> so I, I trained
1: physically hard for it though. I really did. I was like, I was running miles and miles a day. Um, I was doing like hit style workouts. I was riding my dirt bike a lot. Physically. I felt fit for it. I really did. And I still stand by that. I don't think that was the issue for me. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, when we rode in Tennessee, I mean, we did some gnarly shit, and you were fucking, not that I'm, like, an example of the extreme caliber caliber of uh, fitness, but you were right on my fucking tail the whole time. It didn't matter how many trees we jumped, you were right there.
1: Oh, no, I I don't, (laughs) I wouldn't agree with that.
0: (laughs) Dude, you were, you were. you were right there, I mean... I was yeah. pushing myself to the fucking limit, which is just what I do all the time. Uh, and you were yeah. right there with a smile on your face,
1: dude. Dude, I love that. The riding in Tennessee was so great. That was one of my best riding experiences, for real. Just, like, leisurely riding. Yeah. It
0: was so fun. And, I can't and, wait for I mean, I love going into the unknown. Just, like, let's see where this, like, what's beyond that? Hey, let's jump over these trees and see what, you know. Even if we That's have right. to turn around, let's just go check I it out. like a,
1: I felt like a little boy on an adventure. Like, we don't know where we're at or what we're doing or how long we're going to be out here, but let's just hop over these trees and see what's on the other side. We may, we may run into some farmer that has a shotgun and he's ready to kill us, or we may run into, like, the prettiest lake. Speaking of that, speaking of lakes, how about those people that were. Uh, drove
0: into the lake there in Tennessee Oh my god No that wasn't a lake that was a river dude The guy was like <laughs> in the fucking water And that lady was like trying to act like Nothing was going on And there, it, Meanwhile like they've got a tow rope From like an S-10 blazer You know strung 90 degrees To the side to this fucking The other S-10 blazer That was bumper deep in the fucking it was a mud. Ford
1: Explorer. There was
0: a Ford Explorer <laughs> Trying to pull out like a full size Full size C-10 Oh my gosh. I, I don't even know. There was, there was so much going on in that short fucking like 30 second interaction that <laughs> Tennessee, yeah. the backwoods of Tennessee.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why that trip was so fun for me is like, you just didn't know, or that riding was so much fun for me because you didn't know like what was around the next turn.
0: Yeah. And we weren't being pushed. Like, I mean, it sounds like that's what your trip was. You didn't know it was around the next term, but you had a mission and you had a goal and that's you had right. like a deadline each day. And now what, didn't you say that like each day you had to make it so far to even be able to continue to the next day. Right?
1: Yeah. So, so
0: day one, it, after day one, it didn't
1: matter. You just had to finish everything in 13 days. So day one, you had to be at your destination by midnight. So we started riding at two thirty that morning and that was Millard City, like that's the southernmost point of Idaho, like right north of Salt Lake City, Utah. Yep, and um,
0: right there by the Snake so River and shit.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, we started riding at two thirty that morning. We finished about ten thirty that night, uh, and again, <laughs> we
0: had to be in. We had to be in by midnight. So, so you we had some like, time to spare, even though you started yeah. at 2.30 in the fucking morning, dude. So but right out of the t- gate, was it single track out of the gate, or was it fucking like forest roads?
1: It, so there was like a couple of transfer sections. Maybe we did 20 miles of like just like double track transfer sections to get to some gnarly single track. And then from there, we climbed this mountain, Oxford Peak, um, and it was... And that was right at sunrise, and it was like the most incredible thing ever. That's I just remember so being so awesome. Like it was perfect, perfect visuals. Like sun coming right above the mountains, not a cloud in the sky. Here we are climbing to the highest, one of the highest points in Idaho. I mean, it was just like picture perfect. I sent you some of those photos. Picture perfect, beautiful moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, what right. was your? What was your? uh So at, at that point, I'm thinking.
1: This is going to be such an awesome ride. I'm going to be able to enjoy all these moments, (laughs) every sunrise, every sunset. Uh. I can't wait. Right. That's what that's like. I'm in good spirits at this point. I've been riding for five hours or so and I'm feeling great. (laughs) And then uh, so keep going and I'm, I'm still doing good. Day one, I really felt pretty solid overall. It was a long day, but it was never anything too hard. There was nothing like super technical, I would say uh on day one that like hurt me <laughs> yeah um that's it and same with day two day two was pretty straightforward as well so i was fine for days one and two and now, again, as, I think now I as far full.
0: as difficulty you know like yeah re, did you have to like try ops like was there any hill climbs you had to go back down and try again or was it like oh yeah you literally made Dude, it I, through everything and that So that was the other thing beforehand, like
1: in my mind, I was like, hey, we're supposed to be riding 200 to 250 miles a day. There's no way that this is going to be as hard as the stuff I'm used to riding on the weekends. There's no way. It's just, they wouldn't do that to us. It's impossible. Like (laughs) where, where I train here locally, uh, riding, ride training is I can do like 30 miles in a day, you know? And it's hard, like hard, hard, hard hill climb stuff. And so I'm thinking thinking the entire time when they're talking about this event i'm like there's no way it's as hard as the stuff that i that i ride on the weekends and sure enough dude it was the hardest stuff i've ever ridden that's Seriously. so awesome
0: because what what i've experienced now right like riding dirt bikes the fact that like like where i'm at in red river the fact that some of these trails are even on a map blows my mind you know i'm like this this shit is so fucking difficult. The fact that, that anybody could just look That's it right. up and try to ride their motorcycle right. down, it blows my mind, dude. And there's no, like, ratings on these old maps. No, it's know? just like, yeah, here's a trail. Yeah,
1: right. Like, imagine me and you just going out there and not knowing any of these trails and just getting caught in it. Like, it'd be
0: tough to get out of some of this stuff. That's awesome. So what does your partner think? I mean, like, what what is his... uh. You're like, what's his capability compared to yours? Was he like breezing by it or was he kind of even?
1: So he's, he's an Eagle Scout. He's used to being in the woods. Like he's built for built for this type of adventure Um, where I'm not, I wasn't really raised being out in the woods, camping, doing that whole thing. That was something I kind of learned as I got older that I was interested in it. So um, he was really cut out for like all the navigation stuff of it where I wasn't so much. Um, but I had the mindset of I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm tough. I'm built for this, and uh, so that was kind of our differences there. Yeah. But he's he's still going. He's doing it by himself right now.
0: No fucking way. You left your yeah. partner on his own.
1: Well, I didn't leave him. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell you about that.
0: Okay, <laughs> we're getting there. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's he's def- this is his second time trying it. By the way. Yeah. He's tried. He's tried it once before um, and didn't make it. This year, he said, it was so much harder than the time he tried it in the past. No way. Um, no But basically, way. Martin, Martin, the dude that puts it on, I think, wasn't happy with how many people were finishing. So he just made it extremely difficult. Extremely uh, dude, difficult. Dude,
0: well, I, I saw. So I read a little bit of his, you know, the fucking pre, you know, the, the, the website. And he made a yeah. comment about how there was too many people reaching out about it. You know, yeah. was, it was almost like I'm going to do something to make sure that people don't fucking send me any more messages about this fucking. That's right. Tour of that's right. Like he was like, he makes it, I'm going to make a point that people don't want to. If they contact me, it's because they're pissed off about it.
1: <laughs> yep, that's right. He makes it very hard to sign up for this event and he does it uh, on purpose.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. Did you get to so, meet this guy in person? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yep. Oh, is he just like what I'm imagining? Just like this. He's almost old. like Mr. Payne, dude, that's just like, yep. fuck exactly. you, except for dirt bike style.
1: Yeah, yeah, except for outdoors, anything outdoor style. That's how he is. Oh, that's so awesome, dude. But when you would see him, you'd be like, he's not like somebody I should be intimidated by. If he can do this, I can do this. Oh, dude, that's but how I feel
0: about all dirt bikers. All the right. dudes that are so badass. I'm like, you You don't even look like you. no. I can see you can't even walk hardly, and yet you can manage <laughs> right. your dirt bike through shit. I can't even imagine walking through I know.
1: I know. I know. So, yeah, anyway, I, I got to meet him, and he was nice, and he was he was interesting. I'll say that. He was yeah, an absolutely. interesting dude. All right, so two yeah.
0: days in. The first two days, you're like, man, this is like, you know, we're going to be able to so I knew- this and enjoy everything. Yeah, so he had told me, Martin, the guy, he had
1: told Dylan and I, which is Dylan was my writing, writing partner, he had said, hey, um, make it through day one, day two is an easier day, make it through those days, and you'll be all right. Day three is a really long day, so you got to make it through day three. And uh, so we're like, okay, get to day three, we start. this is the day we start riding at 2.30 in the morning. This is my hardest day of the entire trip. Just like the first day just like the first day so we started to now what are your
0: morning. sleeping arrangements? are you sleeping in a tent or are you like back no. at this rv that you got so you're in a different town every
1: night so we pre uh rented hotels or uh different oh RVs that's before. so
0: sick dude
1: yes yeah, so, so we pre-did all that but it wasn't even enjoyable uh, i'll tell you about that on the night of night three which i'll get to in a second we didn't even have a room we were supposed to have a room, but somebody took it because we got there so late. They didn't think that we were coming.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: of course.
0: The All right. So day.
1: So, so day three, we're up. We're in good spirits because we've had a couple couple good days. We know that there's a section in day three that's like super gnarly. He had Everybody talks about it. Everybody had warned us about it. Hey, this is a really, really hard section. It's only a mile long but just
0: make it through the mile long
1: section. You'll be okay. The rest of it's not so bad.
0: Dude, a mile on the dirt can be fucked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that mile long section ended up taking us probably two hours or three hours to get through. It was that hard, but <laughs> anyway, so the morning is uh, quote unquote, what he calls a mystery section, right? So you don't know where you're going until that day. He sends it to you via email or text or however, And he says, hey, this is where you need to get to. You got to navigate by compass, blah, 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 blah. So we start in the sand dunes, and I had never ridden sand dunes. There's sand
0: sand dunes in fucking Idaho? That's right.
1: Like in the desert of Idaho, there's these sand dunes. And he said that they're supposed to be like some of the hardest dunes to ride. And I had
0: never ridden sand dunes before. Oh, dude, that's what fucked me up the most at the Mint was riding in the sand. It's not like anything else. You can't prepare unless you have sand. There's just no way. And then I'm just like – revving the piss out of my bike like trying to accelerate through it overheating
1: my bike you know i, I just didn't know what i was doing this is so opposite of what i'm used to riding but anyway um we have to navigate through this sand dune section hitting all these different waypoints we get through it we do that fine um end up going through some single track which is like the most incredible single track i've ever ridden in my entire life but when you're in it you don't even get to enjoy it because you're just like so mentally ready to just like hit your checkpoints to get to the next spot. That's all you right? can
0: think about is what's next.
1: That's right. That's right. So um anyway, ended up writing this killer single track. And I and at this point it's probably like we have I, I think my odometer was at 180 miles, and it was like a 215 mile a day or something. Oh shit! So and you're so like, I'm like, Damn,
0: I got this fucking smoke, dude. And it's it's six, it's five or six in the evening at
1: this point, point. and so I'm like,
0: sick. We're almost
1: done. We have 20, 30, or 40 <laughs> miles left. I I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in bed by 10 o'clock tonight. This oh, is what I'm thinking,
0: dude. The fucking mental game is hard in this one.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna be in bed by 10 o'clock. I'm gonna be able to get another early start tomorrow on day four. I'm gonna be feeling good. So at this 160-mile odometer area is where this one-mile-long section starts that I was telling you about. It's like Erzberg. You know Erzberg Rodeo? Oh, hardened yeah. Deer I know. And, and I am not exaggerating. It's, it's just like that. Boulders. Boulders. He said, he said it was a mile. I think it was three miles. <laughs> and not, not only are these just boulders, like, in a straight line, you're S-bending. Up a mountain, oh you have to get to the top, God, of mountain, and the dude. whole thing is just filled with boulders. And I'm talking like if a boulder was a like a, a sphere, it would be a anywhere from a three foot to a five foot diameter boulder. That's how big these things where. They yes, yeah, so like
0: fucking Volkswagens. Like you're riding on yeah. the top of Volkswagens. Exactly. Exactly. So.
1: Here I am, and I, again, I was telling you earlier, I got my suspension read done for the chainsaw, and my bike's sitting a little higher than I'm used to. I can't get any footing, so especially when I, my front wheel's on a rock and my rear wheel's on a no, rock.
0: No, this is <laughs> fucked for you. This yeah. is so <laughs> fucked for you. It's fucked when you can get good footing.
1: That's right. That's right. It would have been hard regardless. So anyway, I'm trying to put my foot down, and my entire bike's falling, and I'm not kidding you, dude. I probably picked up my bike 20 or 30 times in that section.
0: Did you break anything on your bike? No. No way. Dude, I fucking love dirt bikes so much. They're so tough.
1: <laughs> They're they so tough. They're so tough. So how was so, your partner
0: doing in this? Was he like he, fucking 20 yards ahead going, fucking come on, dude. He was, he was doing all right. He was, he was doing better than me. And, again, we're, we're really
1: even riders. Like, we ride together all the time. So I was like, man, something's not right. Why am I struggling so bad with this? But, anyway. It was um, the footing.
0: That's, it. had to be it.
1: That's that's a big part of it. But also he the Martin dude suggested that you get a tire put on in day two. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting a tire on in day two. I'm not I'm gonna try to save some money there and I'm gonna get one on day five. Oh and my god. I, I really, really regret Jake, not
0: doing that. This fucking Martin guy, <laughs> if he's giving you any pointers at this point, you should listen you should fucking right. listen to this that's guy. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first thing I told him after I was done. I was like, I should have got a tire on day two, and Uh I did it. (laughs) So anyway, eventually make it through this section, and then we're like, all right, great. We're almost done for the day. Um, And in the the route description that Martin wrote us, it was like, hey, after you get through this section, you are going to ride the best single track you've ever ridden in your entire life. No way. And at this point, it's like, I don't know. Nine o'clock at night. Sun's going. You didn't
0: even fucking care at this point, really. Probably you were just like, "Just give me." Well, you kind of do.
1: You actually kind of do. Like you're, you get like super down, and you're like, "This sucks." And then like you get to a really cool spot, and you're like, "We're riding dirt bikes." Like
0: I'm traveling a state that I've never been to before on my dirt bike. How cool is that? Yeah. So like, I I get it. That's like, you know, going through these countries I've done on the Pan America. It's like. It's, it's exactly what you're talking about. There's a bunch of ups and downs. My ups and downs are probably a little bit more spread out than yours because you're doing twice as much. But you're right. right. It, yeah, does, your it emotions, does affect you.
1: Your emotions are all over the place. Like one minute you're like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And the next minute you're like, this is the most incredible thing ever. Like, it's so anybody that has this messing out. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, in that Erzberg section, rewind. I fell a million times, kind of, like, tweaked my wrist, but I was like, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm tough. I'm not quitting. I'm not yeah, quitting. Well, I'm not quitting. Yeah, there's too, quitting.
0: Much, too much on the line at this point. Like, you're probably That's ignoring right. pain that would fucking set you back a couple of days at work, you know? That's right. That's right. So, I'm, I'm still good. Anyway, he says, hey, you're going to ride the best single track. We
1: start on the single track, and it's pretty sick. There was a waypoint on, on the top of this mountain that we, like, had to climb the single track up to. And uh, so we had to go to this waypoint, take a photo. That was like part of the deal. And as soon as we're at the top of this mountain, I hear like the loudest thunder ever, and <laughs> scary thunder. Oh, God. And we had we had like 30 more miles or something that day to do. And it's um, night
0: now. It's fucking dark.
1: It's and it the sun is setting. Like yeah. I can see the sun going behind the mountain because it, it gets it, it sets super late there. So it's nine o'clock at night, but the sun is setting it's going to be complete dark in 15 minutes. And so you can just see like the foggy rain blowing in. Right. And we're like, Oh boy, here we go. So, so I don't even have rain gear. I only have a rain jacket with me. I don't have like pants or anything because I was keeping everything as minimal as possible, as lightweight as possible. So I just throw my rain jacket on. um, And we have to ride the rest of the. I don't remember how many miles it was um, that day in the, pissing rain so at this point see, we wouldn't have been back i mean i mean, I guess we probably would have turned an hour of, or so off if it wasn't raining but we got back at like roughly where we needed to be around midnight but this is where we got stuck in the valley of the mountain that i was telling you about earlier and we couldn't figure out our way out I, i'm not kidding you we are stuck and we've made all these different loops and turnarounds, and remember that spot in Tennessee that we couldn't figure out our way out Yeah, so you're just
0: riding around in circles, which is so that's aggravating right. on your fucking mind. It's like no, and, and you can't way. think. No, you, you can't think. No, I can't even imagine after being out as long as you were that day. Like your brain right. is so not gonna, fucking firing on eight cylinders. That's right, and uh, you
1: you really don't eat that much either like oh my god stuffed my vest full of like tuna packets and Snickers bars before I left that morning and that was all I could do.
0: Yeah, but you don't even stop to eat them unless there's like a That's a, right. a bad situation then you're like all right, I've been right. some food.
1: That's right. or you're just like start to feel nauseous, which did happen. So anyway, um we're making all these loops and we're like sending Martin a message, like seeing if he can help us, and he's like, "Oh, you're close. You're close.
0: Just keep looking." Keep yeah, and looking. he's dealing with fucking what ninety other fucking people probably going That's through right. similar fucking things. He's like, "Yeah, That's you, right. you're almost there. It's just beyond that fucking single <laughs> Just truck. deal with it. <laughs> just deal with it." Yeah. So uh, anyway,
1: ended up getting finding our way out. It's three forty in the morning. Is when we get back to our hotel. Oh back. my god. <laughs> So it rode for twenty five hours straight that day, and I'm not kidding you straight. Like, didn't take a break for lunch. That's how much we rode that day. Oh my word! And so I ended up that's up day at six. three. That's day three. I hurt Damn. my wrist that. Hurt my wrist that day. I'm not feeling super well. I'm really really tired at this point. I can't think straight. So day four, and that's like what the last thing I wanted to happen is have a night like that because I knew I I don't. I figured I wouldn't be able to handle too much of that, like lack of sleep because I wasn't trained for that. I wasn't ready for that. So I woke up, my wrist was like super stiff. And I'm like, oh, something's not good. Something's not good, but whatever. I'm Is not it your quitting. left or your right? My right, my throttle. wrist. Oh,
0: fuck.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I'm not quitting, whatever. Anyway, six in the morning, day four, we're, we have to go get gas. We go to this gas station filled with gas. And typically at each gas stop, I'll fill my camel back up and then I'll stuff like any extra room I have with water bottles because you can't find water anywhere. We had a little filtering thing that we'd filter from a creek and I had some like iodine tablets that I would put in my pack if I had to fill up with creek water. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Fuck. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. I probably did it half the amount of time because again,
0: like. No way, dude. I yeah, I have not had to do that and I have not even prepared to do that because I'm just not dude creep so, water.
1: So um this is the same morning, right? And you're in this oh the other thing that sucks dude is you're so excited to get back to your hotel to take a warm shower like this night it was pissing rain. I told you that the thunderstorm came in. It pissed rain for the rest rest of that night. 5 hours in the rain. We're oh lost my in the God. valley. And it's pissing rain. It's 40 degrees outside. And you're just oh, freezing, God. freezing cold. And uh, so I'm like, I cannot wait to get, get back to our room so I can take a hot shower. I get mm-hmm. back to our room. And these, you're in this like small mountain town where nobody lives, right? And um, get back there and there's no hot water. None. I'm but, so
0: familiar with that right now. So, like, you're just... But you had saving. a room. I thought this was the night you didn't even have a room. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, <laughs> there
1: was a dude that had quit. That, there was a dude that had quit earlier that day that had a room. So, we pull up at 3.40 in the morning, and he was like, hey, I knew that there was no rooms available. You guys can stay in my room if you want. Oh, we had a what a
0: badass. So, you got to meet one of the other guys, and he bailed out day right.
1: three. That's right. That's right. So, Um, we got, that was his last day. We got, he stayed up and waited for us because he knew that there was no rooms available and that we'd be coming through town. What a
0: fucking badass, dude. Yeah. And so
1: anyway, we go to like take a shower and it's just like ice cold water and it's (laughs) such a bummer. (laughs) Just like the last thing I wanted to do is take a cold shower after being in the rain thunderstorm all night. And so anyway, all right. So day four, I wake up 6am, which is a later start than I wanted to get. So, yeah, but probably not up.
0: as fucking late as you really wanted to get. What's that? Probably not as late as you really wanted to get that morning. Like, it would have no, been nice to sleep no. to like 9, 10 o'clock That's and then right. get started. That's right.
1: But so keep in mind, it was raining the night before. So first thing I do is 6 in the morning, I wake up, I put all my wet clothes back on.
0: Right. <laughs> it's probably like 35 degrees at that point. It's 35 <laughs> degrees
1: outside. It's like almost freezing temperatures. And I kept my clothes outside, which was, I was kind of trying to be respectful for the dude that let us stay there. So I put my clothes outside because they smelled terrible.
0: Oh, you said, right? yeah. Th- uh, apparently, you forgot the guy that was putting on this race, Martin. Martin what? was probably like, dude, forget your competitors. Forget the other people. Right. Like, just fucking take advantage right. of any available opportunity that comes your <laughs> way.
1: That's right. That's right. So, um, anyway, I put my, Put my clothes and my boots outside, and so like first thing in the morning I put them on, and it's just oh, freezing, God, and I'm already kind of in a pissy mood. Right, oh. I haven't slept, my clothes are so cold. My wrist is bothering me at this point. Like, I can't move it up past horizontal. Um, and so I'm like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I at this point, I'm still like, I'm going, like, I don't care. I'll ride with the broken wrist if I have to, I don't care. And uh anyway. That morning, we go to the gas station, fill up with gas. Convenience stores closed because nobody lives in these towns, right? So it's just like self service. You just go and you get gas, but like the inside, you can't go in and get any food. So, so all you we had to that-
0: fill up with water? Couldn't fill up with water
1: and couldn't get any more food, like any more snacks for that day. And that was our only stop for the day. Oh, no. So I had like a couple Cliff Bars, a tuna packet, and. I think like a pack of gummy bears or something, just to like have some sugar left from the day before, and uh, I'm like, "There's no way this is gonna be enough food to like to get me the day." And you gotta think, dude, we're probably burning like 10,000 calories a day. Oh, That's uh, seriously how, how hard how hard we were working out. And uh, so then I see a hose on the side of this building, and I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna fill my water up with this," and this is where everything went downhill. Okay, I see a hose on the side of this building. I fill up in this all my
0: mountain
1: town in this mountain town. Right. And I'm thinking this is going to be like some fresh mountain water. I, I fill up all my stuff with it. I don't care at this point. I want to make my life easy. I don't want to filter anything. I don't want to do anything. Oh no. Don't you put didn't
0: it. put any tablets or nothing in didn't it? Didn't
1: put any tablets in it or anything. This is where I go wrong. Right. So I fill up all my water bottles. Um, and Dylan doesn't, he's just like, no, I'm not doing that. And I kind of wish at this point he would have been like, dude, don't do that. Like, I'm an Eagle Scout. Listen to me. Don't do that. You know, I wish you would have been a little bit more direct with me.
0: I don't know, Um, man. I mean, a fucking water. I mean, I've drank it out of a thousand water hoses. I don't know that I would have thought in in your situation. I don't know that there would have been any other thought in my mind, except for there's water. I'm putting it in my bag. If it's good enough to go through a water hose and, and spray a car down, it's good enough for me to drink at this point.
1: That's right. That's right. So that was kind of my thought process. So, anyway i fill up all my water with it um i start riding and I'm, I'm feeling good i really am my tires shot at this point so like we immediately go into the single track and had some pretty gnarly climbs in it and it's muddy 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 because it rained
0: so much the night before um
1: and so i'm not getting any traction through any of this like any of these climbs now Did your partner
0: through. change at day two Did he what? Did he change tires? No, no. We we did the exact same thing. Okay.
1: So he's slipping and sliding too, but he's doing all right. I mean, he can catch his foot, his feet, like his footing's all right. He's not carrying a chainsaw, like his front end's not as heavy as mine. He's not like bouncing all over the place. But we're both struggling through this muddy section. Anyway, that's day four. We ended up making it through fine. Everything's still going smooth. Um, but what I'm not used to in the terrain of Idaho, and this was later when we got into some double track stuff and we like, started doing some like climbs to the top of these peaks and mountains. Um, I'm not used to like these rock things, like six inch rocks everywhere. Oh yeah. Like you're riding instead of like riding on dirt, you're riding on six inch rocks. See, that's right. what
0: I've been practicing a lot of. Not not intentionally, that's just what I have is a lot of rocks. That's right. Yeah, like
1: when you send me pictures of where you're
0: riding in New Mexico, it looks kind of similar to that. And so um And they I just, don't move. They're like they they that's look right. like they would move, but they're just like you're just seeing the six inch of a fucking 14 inch rock.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so um that I'm kind of like struggling through all that, but like all the back and forth, like of my handlebars and my throttle hand, and my, my hand, my wrist is starting to hurt really bad at this time. I'm getting nauseous and I'm thinking it's just because of food. I take a caffeine pill and I feel like I'm about to puke. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling good. So this is probably like four in the afternoon. And I was like, Hey Dylan, we're at like this killer Creek where we're filtering some water. <laughs> now we're filtering water. Um, and I'm like, Hey dude, can I take, I, I need to take like a 10 minute nap. At this point, we had probably slept like 10 hours in four days,
0: right? Total. Oh
1: my gosh. I was like, I need to take a 10 minute nap. I'm not feeling well. I'm nauseous. My stomach hurts. I can't keep anything. And it food probably down. took you
0: a lot to get to that point to ask for a nap.
1: That's you know, right. Like I
0: needed, you were I, fucking I well wanna. beyond needing a nap by the time you asked for a nap. And I felt so bad, just stopping for ten minutes. I was
1: like, "Dude, tell me if you don't want to do this. I think it'll make me feel better. Let me try to sleep for ten minutes." And uh, so, sure enough, I uh, I leaned against a tree, like this perfect spot, creek right in front of me. I'm leaned against this tree, and I fall asleep immediately. And I had like the best dreams I've ever had in my entire life in those in those ten minutes.
0: That's so awesome. And
1: I was in such deep sleep. I woke up and I felt like I had slept for four hours. It was incredible.
0: Power nap. It was amazing. Shit. What's that?
1: Power naps to the shit. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was amazing. I woke up feeling good. I'm like, all right, sweet. Let's get back on this. But anyway, the end of the, were, the rest of the day, we basically rode on those rocks that I was telling you about. We're just being like jostled up and down nonstop. And uh dude, really just messed up my wrist. And I couldn't even like rotate my wrist. I'm starting to get tired again by the end of the night. Like we're riding like the edge of a mountain. And if I go one inch to the right i'm going down this mountain and it's nighttime at this point and but my my vision can't even like focus on the trail everything's like kind of blurry so i'm, I'm like hard blinking trying to focus my vision
0: oh, dude, and it's not focusing. your whole body's so tense and with those rocks yeah it's so important to have loose wrists loose arms and let know. that front end do its thing and if you got a wrist that's not cooperating then it's only not. making it worse
1: that's right. That's right. So at
0: this point, it's probably like
1: uh, eleven o'clock at night, and we have a couple hours left of riding that night. And I, I radio Dylan. I'm like, "Hey, dude. Not saying I'm quitting, but be thinking ahead. I'm not feeling well. I and I can't keep any food down. So like, I'm trying to eat food, and it's come it's running straight through me. I feel super dehydrated. I'm tired. My wrist isn't." feeling right and so i'm like radioing him i'm like hey be thinking ahead like whatever gear you need from me just be thinking about that i'm not sure how much longer i can keep going i'm finishing today out yeah so the brain you're
0: already you're already out at this point that's right as soon as you say that yeah you're out
1: as soon as you say something like that you're mentally in a bad spot at that point yeah as soon as you allow your mind to start thinking like that is it's downhill from there so you have to like a trick for that is you have to avoid even getting to that point. You cannot even like express those feelings or those thoughts.
0: No. And you're right. Getting to that point, like getting to where your body is like not cooperating with you, uh, is the key to not getting to that point. And that's right. You know, and I think that having that, your partner who has done this before, you know, he had the experience which you didn't have at this point. Like, I feel like there's almost like, it's like a double-edged sword where you're like. That's right. Where you're like, uh you, you know, like, this is, I don't know. This is more than I anticipated. I don't want to hold and you it, back. uh, But at the same time, you know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was, and I, I kind of asked him that. I was like, "I don't want you to quit by me leaving. Like, that's not going to happen, right?" And he was just like, "No." And there is some benefits of doing it solo. Like I oh, said, the fuck routes. Are-
0: yeah, there is so many benefits of doing it solo. Yeah, that's even right. beyond the routes. Like, I, I mean, I've been traveling only- for years, and I know there's a lot of benefits to doing things solo because every little Absolutely. thing, every little thing, especially when it comes to your mind, you know, like or. A bike breaking, like it, you have a lot less. Oh yeah, beyond of motor the physical breaking. things, just the just the mind aspect. You know, like what you're dealing with. You went on even further because he was there. Where That's right. maybe if you would have stopped early on and kind of like done some things to make yourself more equipped to the future, you might have been able to go further. But doing it with somebody else, like I said, somebody who had more experience, it's kind of like a double edged sword where you got yourself to the position where you're fucking tapping out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we had, we kind of had that conversation and, um, I was just like, are you good to continue by yourself? And he was like, yeah. And so we kind of like went through our bags together and I got him any tool that he thought he might need or any supply that he might need. And, um, that was it for me. And uh, dude, I still haven't met it. It's been five days now since I've been done and I still haven't kept any food down.
0: Oh my gosh. dude! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: So, so uh, uh,
0: I want to go back to tools for a second. Did you guys break anything? Did you have to use your tools or their flat tires or anything like that? Yeah. So there was one morning where that this is. So I
1: was running moose inserts. Moose inserts are yeah, basically like a like a foam noodle in, inside instead of a tube, right? Yep. Like doesn't take air. Um, so I was running those. Dylan ended up getting like three different nails in his tire, and we were like. So thankful that we had moose because of that. If not, we'd be we'd have had to change so many tires. Yeah. So he
0: had moose shoes. as well.
1: Yeah. 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 We both had the exact same setups going into it. Same bikes. Um, he had a KTM 50 500. Yeah, KTM 500, and his was older than mine. is a 2014 or a 15, and I had a 450. So pretty much the same bike. Like the wheel bearings were universal between them. So like we only had to carry one set of wheel bearings. Um, chain stuff sprockets all that stuff is universal rotors brake pads etc yeah so that kind of worked in our favor
0: now with within four days did you have to change sprockets or brake pads
1: no but we had all that stuff with us to do and i had so i had air filter socks on my air filter that i would take off are you familiar with what that is yep um So yeah, basically like pantyhose that would go over my air filter because I didn't have enough room to carry a spare
0: air filter itself. That's insane.
1: So I just had like different pantyhose, quote unquote, over my air filter that I would strip daily. Wow. Or change them out. Um, But yeah, so one morning my headlight went out and you can't ride this stuff without a headlight. Like sketchy single track.
0: No, you can not. And you had a... A headlamp too like on your helmet
1: i did i did but still dude those things it's like using a flashlight compared to a vehicle headlight you know yeah. it just doesn't doesn't work as well
0: now did you get and, the one that hooks up to like the gopro mount yeah
1: exactly yeah okay. ox oxbow i believe is the company of the one that i had
0: or the one i have so um, the headlight goes out you got to fucking take apart wiring
1: that's a fucking terrible it, the headlight goes out and i just and i'm and so i like made my headlight set up and so i'm thinking oh boy what did i do now that's like causing us to, or it's causing me to wet right because <laughs> i was carrying that chainsaw i couldn't run a stock headlight yeah. so i ended up having to like create my own headlight mounts yeah. and i'm like what did i do what did i wire wrong or what did i not wire good enough and so i start like stripping back all the stuff i did and sure enough i don't see anything i'm like what's going on what's going on ended up stripping back the stock wiring harness basically where it goes like the right side of the neck tube like between your fork legs and your neck yep on the right side you know what i'm talking about yep it's completely stock wiring there nobody had ever touched with touched or messed with it and uh the wire's i don't know if it's because the forks were hitting it like as you turn right or what but basically the wires four wires in there had like pulled apart one was the kill switch because my kill switch stopped working too and um the other ones were like headlights and turn signals which i didn't have turn signals hooked up so it didn't matter i bet it was were they
0: just like a a cunt hair too short and just the turn exactly it just to cut just enough to exactly
1: yeah and I, and I knew that there was a short somewhere because, like, I could turn my handlebars to the right and my headlights would come back on. Oh, shit. So you, you had a good lead. That's right. I wasn't just, like, in going for nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that happened at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning on day three. <laughs> and you were, like, really out fun. on the trail when this happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With headlamps, headlamps and trying not to lose, like, little splices because I carried so few, like, extra pieces like that. Oh, um, my gosh electrical taping it back up but that was the only thing that happened to our bikes really i mean other than like moving a, a brush guard having like a brush guard fell when you fell and you had to like loosen and retighten tighten that but they're so tough man they're those so bikes are tough. so tough
0: now did you yeah. have like a metal uh what do you call them radiator guards or did you just run the oh yeah plastic ones
1: no mm-hmm. no i had i had metal radiator guards i, I had like protectors over all my brake rotors and all that stuff anything like that that you can imagine i have it yeah
0: well i imagine that all this experience building a bike capable of doing such fucking gnarly terrain has got to translate well to building parts for street bikes right like just having those ideas tough yeah making stuff durable you know like even that's right you know I, i imagine that even if you weren't consciously doing it that you are when you're engineering a prism fucking taillight, that you're taking into account things that people will never fucking ever experience just because you That's experience right. like some every- shit in such a gnarly circumstance that you're like, no, I can't, I can't ignore the fact that this might happen.
1: That's right. Like every little sharp edge coming out of a machine taillight housing might short your wire. So why not go ahead and get rid of that sharp edge? Exactly. Things like that you got to think about. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this but, is awesome.
1: But yeah, dude, overall, it was. I, I'm really I kind of bummed on myself, to be honest with you, trying not to let it get to me. Um,
0: well, I, come okay. on. Now, let's, let's take a step back.
1: Not, not what what it kind early, of fucking
0: experience my- do you have doing something like that? Like, I don't feel like there's much, much other shit that you could even do that's even available to even prepare yourself for something like that right. besides doing it.
1: Right, no, there's not. I've done like a couple one day thing or even a two day thing before, but like nothing is even close to this. And that's the thing. It was just like it, looking back on it now, it felt like there was such a, a big training gap from like the one day events that we do to go jumping into something like this. There's just nothing in between, and I wish that there was.
0: Well, I mean, you think about like like Nick Nick Faringer, dude. That motherfucker just lined up against. Graham Jarvis this weekend in Tennessee. You know, he made it to the finals. He's on the front row. Oh, was that the Tennessee knockout this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, oh, so qualifying, I mean, but even something like that, like that, that doesn't compare to something that's day after day. You're on your own. There's right. no, you didn't fucking show up each night and you got a pit crew looking at your bike while you fucking ate bars and fucking drank. That's high, right. Like, you know it's everything's on the two of you and i mean i think it's also a and for the bikes
1: just being by your yeah exactly it's definitely a testament for the bikes but like mentally just being out there by yourself for so long in your own head is tough and like not everybody's cut out for that
0: yeah i mean that's uh you do it all the time
1: like you're you're tough you're mentally tough for doing that
0: well it's it's uh you know, it comes in waves, just like you experience, you know, like there's, you know, navigate, I think what the biggest fight you had was not like having a debt, like having to go somewhere, but not knowing where you're going. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm just going places and, you know, experiencing them where I don't, you know, I, I've, I've learned because of what you learned like setting up a goal kind of like makes it way more difficult you know like honestly since i rode that fucking sidecar to charlotte for the congregation Uh show i have changed the way i've traveled since then i don't really yeah i don't i don't make goals now it's also kind of uh it's also like a double edged sword because now it's kind of like the way I travel is unrelatable to most people because they have a time frame. Where now right. I kind of, you know, I put other things in priority to, uh, you know, the time because my time you, is. you feel like, like you, the experience do you feel like is more you important? Slower? Oh, I absolutely do travel slower. Uh, yeah, but it. I also travel like I. I can endure more because of that. You know, like, I can do this for days upon days because I'm not mentally stressing myself out each day. Right. You know, right. so it, it, it uh, you know, I might travel fucking t- 10 hours a day for multiple days in a row, but the way that I'm doing it isn't causing stress upon me only because I've been able to, like, only because of experiences where I've been able to figure out how to manipulate uh, not even manipulate, but just to adjust to the surroundings and not put yeah. constraints on where I need to be and what I need to be doing.
1: I think that's great. I think that's great because even for me, like looking back, I just feel like I missed so much of like the landscape of like taking those mental images in cause I just didn't have time to do it. No, no I understand. Like, it was an endurance test. That's what I had signed up for. You know, I I didn't sign up for a a nice vacation.
0: Yeah. No. If you did, you fucking, you messed up.
1: (laughs) Uh, no, but it was, it was great. And I'm excited to figure out another adventure. What should I do next? What's the next? one I mean, wait a, wait a
0: second. Wait a second. What, are you going to do this again? I mean, has this made you go, so, I need to go work at other aspects before I come back? Or are you, like, gearing to do this again next year? Well, so the reality is, like, the,
1: I, I have all the expenses done, like, on my bike. That was a lot of it, dude. It was a lot of bike upgrades and a lot of bike work I had to do. That's all done. So that's a nice thing. Like, I feel like half my workload is almost done going into doing it again. Yeah, but if you um, enjoy
0: that bike for the next year, it's not going to be capable of doing this without a bunch of major engine work, right? Uh, yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. But I mean, I don't know. I think they're tougher than you think. I really do. Like Dylan, uh, my riding buddy, he did it three years ago and he just came back and did it again this year on the no same bike. No way. Yeah. And he's been riding that thing nonstop. They're tough. Just maintain them.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm at 50 hours on mine, bought it new and, fucking march or april right and i'm (laughs) like i just assume that there's gonna need to be major engine work at 75 hours
1: no 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 they're so tough dude i mean i probably have 160 hours on mine now after my trip and it's still like taking right along so okay
0: so so this race you just did yeah, It was through the mountains, single track, blah, blah, blah. But it was mountains. It was rocks. It was probably river crossings, uphills. It, desert, you name it. Okay, well, well. Sand dunes. The desert is what I was going to get as Most endurance races that are over a long, you know, a multiple day span, they're all desert races that I know of. That's M- right. Most of them are that's all right. in the sand, you know, rocks, fucking beaches. Yeah. You know, like the Baja is what comes to mind first is the only other race that's, right. that's like a thousand plus miles and the races. And that's honestly, that's one thing that's been me on, on my radar. And my buddy, Carlos, the guy that raced the mint 400 with me is, is doing one of the Baja races, if not the whole series. And
1: yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So no, there was, there was only one desert section that was like two hours long. It was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 miles total. Um, but the rest of it was through the mountains single track slow pace stuff
0: now were you guys Not, pushing yourself or were you like comfortably riding this this single track like well, you know what you the way we, me and you yourself. were riding the, in Tennessee I felt like that was a comfortable pace like I wasn't trying to make 200 fucking miles in a day but I also wasn't planning on riding till sundown so that's, we were riding about the same pace that me and you were okay but for all all day long
1: <laughs> that's right for all day long And then you got to think you get to like a stupid hard climb section that you're like, you're basically pushing your bike up that wears you out so quickly.
0: Oh, dude, picking your bike up and pushing it up hills will wear you out way more than fucking riding it.
1: That's right. That's right. You want to stay on those pegs the entire time. Oh, fuck. And then getting it and then having like a bald tire. Basically, my tire right now is a race lick. So I rode all day (laughs) for a race lick.
0: (laughs) You didn't even get to your first... Tire change, Mark.
1: Nope, I didn't.
0: Well, I mean, so
1: I did, and that's the thing that sucks. Like day five, I was right there. Um, was a half a day. It was a half a day of riding, and oh, man. but dude, I just felt so sick. Like I just knew, like even after that day, I, I still wouldn't be good, and I would just slow my partner down.
0: Well, that's the that's the team move. The team player move is to think about uh, think about your partner as well as yourself.
1: That's right. That's right. So have so you been in I contact never, with him? Yeah, yeah, we've talked every day. Whenever he gets a chance, he'll call me and update me on how things are going. And I'll, I'm like trying to coach him a little bit too. Like I can send him messages through his PLB because um, he doesn't. We typically don't have phone service, but I can send him messages and try to encourage him a bit.
0: What's a PLB? He called me.
1: uh uh personal locator beacon. Okay. So if you don't have, it's a Garmin thing or mine was a Garmin branded one, but if you don't have signal, um, you can sign up for this service and basically it's, you can send out messages just saying, hey, I'm okay. I'm safe. Everything's good yeah. to a specific contact. And it also tells you your location, where you're currently at in case like he's out riding by himself and gets hurt and he needs to send, send somebody his location. he can just like hit a button on his PLB and it will send him his location. So, but anyway, check this out. He called me. Um, yesterday and was like this is middle of the day and he goes he couldn't even form a sentence and he's like dude i think i'm he said dude i think i'm done and um and i was like talk to me what's going on he was just like i just don't even think i care enough anymore i'm done like i haven't ate anything i don't want to eat i've tried to take a bite of my cliff bar and i just want to throw it up and um and like he's having a hard time saying all this stuff to me and I'm kind of scared. Cause I'm like, dude, you're on a motorcycle by yourself. And if you ride an inch to the right, you could go down this mountain and die. Yeah, You right. know, like, I'm thinking that, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't tell him to stop. Or like, even worse,
0: not... he goes down the mountain and then suffers for fucking 18 hours and then dies. That's right. That's right. Exactly.
1: Um, and so like, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm, need him to be safe but at the same time i gotta like coach him through this so i'm like dude you got it you got it you just got to get through today and then tomorrow you have a full day off which he did he had a full day off today um so anyway he ended up pushing through it and he actually called martin and was like the dude that puts the event on and was like hey i think i'm done after he talked to me he called martin and was like hey i think i'm done and martin was like no dude you're not done you're so close all you gotta do is make it through today and then you got a full day off and so he ended up pushing through and making it through the day and uh, to his full day off. So he's doing
0: all right. That's awesome. Well, dude, there's such a fine line between like encouragement and then like hurting somebody, you know, like, I know I had I know. a guy, my friend, Justin James, he, uh, he wanted to do this thing. It was like a fucking, it was a thousand mile kayak race. Not even really a race. Holy cow. It was a thousand miles down a river But he needed what they called a safety instructor. Like he had to have a safety coordinator. And he calls up fucking Danger Dan, right? You know, like, this is my guy. Well, I almost fucking killed him because I I didn't draw the line and say, hey, you know, I didn't think about his safety. I'm like, no, I'm here for encouragement. But it was a good lesson for me to learn. Like, you know, when you're at that, you know, when you have been contacted by somebody to be like their, you know, the guy that helps push him through but also is aware of their physical state because you've got to be. Right. There's a fine line there where you're like, you're pushing him past the point of being able to continue or you, but you're also wanting to encourage, you know, it's, it's just a tough spot to be in and without experience. And it sounds like you did gain some within those couple of days where I was just like, on the sidelines eating fucking barbecue in the hill country, like <laughs> suck it up pussy and keep paddling, you know, like, yeah, I feel like yeah. you were in a, you had a better experience to be able to coach him along, but it's a, it's just a fine line as to where you go. Yeah. You need to quit or no, nah, dude. It's just in your head. Keep going. And right. I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But man, it was scary when he called me. It really was like just
1: hearing him like so down, like it's tough. Like people, I, I, I really encourage everybody that's listening to like put yourself in a situation that is so mentally tough like that. You really grow from being in situations like that.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Where
1: you're just so beat down and so worn out and don't think that you can handle it because it, a lot of that is so mental. If you can fight through it mentally then you're good.
0: You're golden. Oh, my body I was, can handle it. I was so lucky as a kid growing up. I had a coach, a football coach named Coach Yankee. And uh, he used to always tell us, if you end up going to the military, you're going to fucking thank me because they will not be near as cruel to you as I'm going to. As I am. You. But he also <laughs> always said, mind over matter. Like that was one thing he preached more than anything is that, it's all in your head, and if you believe you can do it, then you're gonna fucking be fine. Right, and I have that's taken right. that to heart. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost still, like still, that's easier said than done, though. It, it really is. Well, it's a hard like I to said, put into practice. Well, it w- it was attached to me at a young age, where I like you know mind over matter. Uh, you know, it's almost to a point where I've gotten myself in situations because. You know, that's what, I, that's what I thought I wanted, you know, and my mind fucking yeah. curated these things. And I'm like, oh, fuck, now that I'm here, this is, you know, not what I wanted. But I do believe that the mind is the fucking ultimate muscle. And if you Dude, can get for, past for sure. that, then all these like, other things are, you know, manageable. Like what you've been doing, just like going to
1: foreign countries and being okay with riding to like unknown places to me that is so intimidating that is so scary not knowing the language not knowing any of the roads or where i'm going or like if somebody's gonna if i'm gonna get arrested or if i'm gonna get mugs or like that that to me scares me but you're so okay with just jumping into that and it's just a mindset thing for you and i, I really respect that about you
0: well i wouldn't say i'm so okay with it uh you know i'm like <laughs> i'm past the point like it's just That's just what it is at this point. You know, like I I got a mission and, uh, you know, I've, 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 I've done a lot of training, you know, like not intentionally. I didn't, wasn't like set out the past three years training for what I'm doing, but I have been unintentionally. I've been working, uh, my mind muscles, my communication muscle, like everything. I put myself in a position right now where I almost feel like at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm just riding a roller coaster, like, that I set in motion. I even built the roller coaster, you know, like, that yeah. I'm just riding yeah. now uh, with faith that, you know.
1: It's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's surreal. It's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming and surreal, and uh, I'm just trying to soak it all in.
1: Well, you're doing, a, you're doing a great job out of, it, out of it and, or of it. And when I sit back and watch you, I am, I have full respect.
0: Well, you know, and that was one of the reasons I got this new dirt bike this year was I was like, I need to, I need to do more training on the dirt so that when I'm down there, cause I'm not good at going, Oh man, that's probably too dangerous to do by myself. You know, I'm like, I see shit and I'm like, Oh, I'm going for it. So doing that kind of shit in a third world country far from any kind of like help system or like, you know, there's no, there's no like, I have nothing, dude. I have a phone that I keep in my pocket. There's not even (laughs) GPS on my handlebars, you know, like I, uh, but you know, I, I, like I say, I've been training. I've even done, I've done a lot of preparation. I mean, what we were doing in Tennessee was, that was me training for the shit that I'm going to end up doing in South America where there is no fucking phone home on a Pan Am on a giant fucking adventure bike that uh, I am proving, you know, like the, the, my local mechanic red eye, he called me up the first day I talked to him after this trip or on the trip, I was like in Guatemala or something. He was like, Dan, you're not supposed to leave the country on an unproven motorcycle. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is going to prove it then, dude? You know, like somebody's got to go out and do it. And uh, that's that's just what I'm doing. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we should, uh, whenever I get a Pan Am, which I would like to, let's do a, uh, a
0: fun adventure ride. So uh, what I'd like to do is, what I in- originally intended on doing was all the fucking BDRs. Uh-huh. Um, are you familiar with the backcountry discovery routes? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, there's fucking the Colorado one was so amazing. Uh, and I want to do them all. Like that's and I would like to document them a little bit better. But dude, the the people behind the BDRs and the amount of work and planning that goes into you know setting up those tracks. <clears throat> dude, it's there's nothing else like it that I'm aware of, you know. And I would yeah. love to do the fucking BDRs with you on some Pan-Americas.
1: That'd be sick. Let's do it. I mean... Let's do it. For real.
0: I'm in. I just got to
1: get one.
0: I got to get one. You already
1: have the bike. I just got to get well, one Well,
0: fuck it. But mine's not coming back to America. I like, I literally am going to have to get another one to do the BDRs. Oh, are you? Yeah, I mean, like, if once I make it to the bottom of South America, I'm not going to send it home. Yeah. No, I'm going to send it to Africa. I've, been, I've already been, like, looking at places I want to... Dude, there's this spot, so that uh, that magazine I was telling you about, Meta, Andrew Campo.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Vanna. He recently put out an article that these guys did about this place <clears throat> in Africa where it's like, fuck, they had a nickname for it, like the Miracle Mile or whatever it is. But you got to ride through this desert for three or four hours, and then there's this section where the sand dunes like turn into the ocean. And for a couple hours of the day for a certain season – you can ride along the wet sand with sand dunes to your left and the ocean to your right for like, you know, fucking 90 miles or some shit. I want to go do that.
1: That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to do that type of stuff.
0: These guys that did the article, they were on fucking like vintage motorcycles too. One of them was on like a a 90s GS 1200. The other one was on like a... And 90s XR400 Or some shit Dang. I'm gonna send you the article It's so good It's so, yeah, such it a good article But just them describing that landscape I'm like fuck Africa's next Once I make it to Ushuaia You know Unless the fucking The, Wait, the Motor Motorco Museum has a ton of money To buy that bike back for me I'm sending it to Africa And I'm gonna ride Africa next
1: Right Dude that's so sick I'm so jealous of that uh, how, how many weeks a year are you gone, do you think, from out riding?
0: Well, I mean, I try to not be gone for more than two weeks a month. Uh, but I also didn't plan on riding my bike to South America. So this year's kind of gotten out of control. Your poor wife. Well, yeah, which is the reason I told you. I'm like, man, I can't even commit to being in Sturgis this year, you know. And That's right. That's right. Uh, it's it's just a family time thing. I mean, I'm like not only am I juggling this ride, I'm trying to keep my wife and two kids, like, at home for when I come back. Uh, but so I'm going back on September 6th uh, to Quito, coming Ecuador. Up. And I've got my friend Brian Helm coming with me. And we're going to spend six days in Ecuador fucking shooting some photos, riding some amazing shit. And then What's gonna, he riding? Uh, dude, I got a rental company called uh, Ecuador Motorcycle Rental, and they've got KTMs, Hondas. They've, they've got everything. So pretty much just whatever they hook us up with.
1: Is that the dude that you met on your last trip that was, like, good at importing or something?
0: No, this guy, uh, he actually... So when I got stuck in Ecuador because of all the roadblocks and shit, <clears throat> I reached out to a yeah. girl named Janelle. Her uh, her handles Moto Gypsy, and she's been traveling around South America on an Indian for like fucking three years or some shit. And she had a rental company that she said I could store my bike at, and it was called Freedom Motorcycle Rental, and uh, and that's in Quito, Ecuador. So when I get to Ecuador, the fucking place is shut down. There's roadblocks everywhere. I look up the motorcycle rental place she told me about, but I ended up reaching out to the wrong company. It was Motorcycle Ecuador Motorcycle Rental, and I got to hold of this guy named Gambit. Now, Gambit, he's on a trip, just like we were talking about earlier. He's currently riding his motorcycle to the top, like the seven highest peaks in the world, and then climbing up them. So he takes all his climbing gear on his motorcycle, rides to these mountains, and then climbs up them. Uh, so he owns this motorcycle rental company called Ecuador Motorcycle Rental. Reached out to them. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get to Quito so I can fly home. He he routes me this crazy off-road route. He's like, uh, what kind of motorcycle are you riding? And I'm like a Harley Davidson. He's like, I don't know if you can make it. And I send him a picture of the Pan Am, and he's like, oh, fucking sick. I cannot wait to see this motorcycle. So. I take his route in, end up getting caught in roadblocks. Long story short, I finally make it there a couple days later, store my bike at his place. It's sitting in their office. So, yeah, I'm going to go back, get the bike. Brian's going to be with me. We're going to go do a tour of Ecuador. And then I'm going to ride through Peru. And the next dangerous road in South America is called the Canon del Pato. And it's once again, it's a one lane road on the side of these mountains with a bunch of fucking waterfalls and river crossings. And, and then I'm going to go from there to Bolivia and do the death road, which is like one of the dangerous roads in the fucking world. And then go from there and find a place in Santiago to store my bike for the winter.
1: That's so sick. So how long are you going for?
0: I'm going to do all that in a month.
1: Dang, dude.
0: I'm hoping to to get back to Texas like October fucking 10th and then ride or throw my chopper and my flathead in my truck with my wife and drive straight to California and do uh, the Roland Sands Moto Beach Classic and race my chopper and my flathead the same day they're doing the fucking Red Bull straight rhythm at the Moto Beach Classic. Yeah nuh uh Yeah, it's gonna be so sick. That. So I'm, yeah, I'm Dang. gonna get to race my chopper and my flathead at the Moto Beach Classic. You know what what what's the date of that? October what? October 15th.
1: Which is close to Texas Born Free, right?
0: Yeah, so then I drive back from California to Texas for born free and then race my yep. chopper and flathead at the Yellow Rose there. Canyon.
1: <laughs> sick. I, I'm I'm really gonna try to make it off for that. I'm planning on it. Really? You're gonna come to Texas, dude? Yeah, why not? I love Texas.
0: Fucking come on, man.
1: (laughs) Maybe we can get Jim
0: to come out for Born Free.
1: Maybe I'll bring my dirt bike. Get Jim out?
0: Yeah. Jim's Chopper's Jim? Yeah, (laughs) Jim Harper, dude. The infamous Jim's Chopper's of Texas, dude. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend. Dude, I fucking love Jim so much. I remember going over to his house and you guys were there. I was like, what the fuck? How did you guys get here, dude? How do you know about our fucking legend, Jim, dude?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jim is, Jim is the king. I, I hope to see him,
0: <laughs> Yeah, but, I um, mean, if you bring your dirt bike, so there's this thing in East Texas. It's called the East Texas 500, I think. Yeah, I think it's the East Texas 500, and it's literally just, like, 500 miles of dirt. In how long? You could do it in two days if you wanted to. I mean, it's just like dirt roads. I mean, it's nothing. It's not like the Tour of Idaho, okay? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Right. But other than that, I mean, the the Yellow Rose Canyon, there's like... We have a dirt bike loop out there, but you can do it on your fucking chopper, and it's a lot more fun, you know? Right, there's a good right. It'd be boring on a dirt bike. Yeah, dirt bike. I mean, it's... Yeah. I wouldn't dare bring my 350 to the yellow rose canyon right right but it's so awesome to ride my chopper out there so
1: yeah uh, so i need to get a bike out there is what you're saying for sure
0: yeah no don't come to texas without a motorcycle we're gonna race the (laughs) choppers on the track
1: (laughs) all right i'm down you know i i did uh i did try to flat track at
0: tmmr on my chopper and i did the hill climb on my chopper that's awesome. I don't remember you on the track at TMMR. Yeah, it was
1: after um, the race ended. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go try to rip this thing around, the flat track.
0: Oh, dude, that track's a great one to fucking yeah.
1: your chopper around. It was fun. So, anyway. Are you going to go back then. to
0: TMMR? Yeah, dude. That, that event's so sick. Right? <laughs> I love that event. Dude, that place is, I mean, it's Loretta Lynn's Ranch. I mean. Yeah. And plus me and you got to ride so much moto there. It was great. Oh, dude, we'll do it again for sure. For I know. sure. I think that <laughs> that's going to be like a, I think there's going to be more people that bring their dirt bike out to that event. Like that's I think, Especially like all the hype
1: you've been giving it to like, Hey, everybody come ride, come ride, come ride. Oh you dude. Been it's it it's been hiking.
0: growing since the first year I lost somebody in the woods. You know, like they, they had to make it like an official thing after I lost somebody in the woods. They were like, all right, if you're going to do this anyways, we might as well like make it official, sanctify it a little bit. That's right. That's right.
1: No, I, I, I absolutely love that event. Seriously. There's so much to do there and all in one space too. That's like the difference between Sturgis. Sturgis was you had to drive 30 minutes to get to these different, uh, events, right. Where TMMR, everything is at one is in one spot.
0: It's right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, sick, I met what's the lady's name that puts that on? I met her at Sturgis. She oh, came to a pool party.
0: Yeah, Carrie Rep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She came and introduced herself to me She she's like, Hey, you knew come-
0: Dude, her come history out. within the motorcycle community is uh it just it blows me away. She's been in like motorcycle events for a long time. Like like pre two thousand and eight, when she had a budget that was like you know, that we can't even fathom, you know, where she was bringing builders in from all over the fucking country to build badass choppers, you know, and then giving them away. And, you know, when there was a lot of money in the motorcycle industry, that's when she was fucking, you know, when she got started or not even, she got started before that, but she was like, you know, killing it in the peak. And, uh, I think after that, you know, once that shit kind of died off, she kind of, You know, I don't know what she did in between then and TMMR, but she's a rad lady. And she, you know, she, you know, she is doing this to create an event that, you know, makes money and does well. But she's also, like, got some real heart in motorcycles and really cares for... And and you can see that and you can feel that when you're at that event. Absolutely. You know, it's like the most homely
1: event I've been to. Everything just feels like... (laughs) there's thought that's been put into it to make it feel like Southern hospitality.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fuck, it's Loretta lens, dude.
1: That's right. That's right. So
0: killer. <laughs> all right, Jake. Well, I appreciate you fucking doing a Sturgis recap with me and telling me all about the tour of Idaho. And now I'm trying to figure out how to what do your next thing. one is. Yeah. No, how to do the tour of Idaho. You know, I'm like, Guess I got to get back on this fucking old I, do I have to learn web coding just to communicate with Martin on the internet? <laughs> like I feel no, like basically. I got to go back to DOS, you know, and like just to communicate.
1: Basically, yeah, you have to learn Morse code.
0: I got to figure out how to get a dirt bike out there to your side of the fucking country and uh
1: I know put no. Red River
0: on your map. Maybe so, I'm
1: I'm working on getting another one so I, I can have I'll have two here and you can just come ride one.
0: That's that's a good idea. So Red River, New Mexico, <laughs> they have a Memorial Day rally. They've been doing it for fucking 30 or 40 years now. And uh, I am working on, not that I'm going to put this on, but I'm trying to instill the idea and how good it would be to do an off-road race during this biker rally, where part of the race is like through the streets where they set up street obstacles and they race the dirt bikes through the streets, and then you go off into the woods, and then you come back. Uh, And I think that would be so fucking sick, because I would like to see the merging more of the two cultures. You know, like like I don't think there needs to be that much separation. I know that the separation mainly comes from the manufacturers. Like, you know, they're not both making money off these things. So to put them together, kind of... You know, got to figure out how to make everybody happy, but I think it's possible. And TMMR is a great example of uh, doing just that. But I would like to see. Well, I mean, Sturgis hadn't even tapped into that off road market. You know, they do an off road festival three weeks or four weeks before Sturgis. They do the adventure rally. Oh, really? Yeah, where it's just fucking adventure bikes and dirt bikes. Patrick Garvin's the guy. Did you hook up with Patrick while you were there?
1: No, because I didn't have time. You mean from JP Cycles? Yeah. No, I didn't have time. You know, like my trip was so short there, unfortunately.
0: Well, that dude is solid fucking gold. He actually just got a uh, KTM 690, and he is fucking nice. loving it. But, Damn. yeah, they do an adventure rally in Sturgis because there's so many off-road trails. But uh, anyhow, Red Thank River Memorial Day weekend. I am going to continue coming up here. Um uh, and I Yeah, let me know. For, like, any, any, of those, any of those events that you think I, I should be at, let me know,
1: and I'll make a trip out there and we can do some riding together. Bitchin'. I, hey, I trust your opinion.
0: When is the congregation this year?
1: Congregation is October 8th. October 8th. And what's cool about it this year is the way that the dates lined up. There's, um, there's a cool AMCA swap meet starting the following Wednesday. So what would that be, the 13th or something? I'm guessing on those dates. Um, so we got a congregation that Saturday, and then there's an AMCA swap meet that Wednesday, which is literally like 45 minutes from where the congregation takes place. Oh, so. that's
0: going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. So if anybody's coming out for congregation, they can stay for the swap as well. It's so Denton, Denton, North Carolina AMCA that's swap. Right.
0: Denton.
1: Yep. Yep. So, yeah. That's what I got going on. About to get busy with some congregation planning here in the next pro- next month or so
0: all right jake well i appreciate you taking time to tell us about your event
1: dude thank you dan it's always a pleasure talking to you even uh off the podcast i really enjoy our conversations and you always inspire me to go out and do some fun adventurous things and i appreciate you and excited for the next time i get to talk and see you
0: likewise likewise my friend
1: cheers dude talk to you soon
0: later bud. bye all right thank you jake um Dude, so I'm going back to South America. September 6th, flying back to Quito, Ecuador, taking Brian Helm with me, dude. That's right, the fucking world-famous Brian Helm motorcycle photographer. Actually, he photographs all sorts of shit, but uh, <clears throat> I hooked up with a company called Ecuador Motorcycle Rental, and it was really by chance, kind of like a... A fluke thing that i got a hold of these guys and that's where my bike's at and we are going to get a rental bike from them and they do day trips or uh like self-guided tours or they will take you on a tour around ecuador and dude pretty rad dudes they uh the owner gambit he's actually in the process of like riding to all the tallest mountains in the world on his motorcycle and then climbing them which is rad i think i already talked about that but uh Super rad guys, <clears throat> and, uh, man, I'm fucking stoked to get Brian down there and, to, you know, to capture some rad shit. Uh, the Grand Teton fellas, uh, Grand Teton Harley-Davidson and Jackson Hole, Wyoming Harley-Davidson, Greg, and Zach and Jamie, uh, dude, they've been so fucking supportive of this trip, just helping me out with all the little things that uh, that bike needs as far as maintenance. And then... You know, we're finally going to replace some parts that I broke when I hit that truck. So that's fucking cool. And not only, like, we couldn't even get them from, like, they're just not available. They're on back orders. So Greg, the owner, is pulling the parts off of his personal Pan America. So fucking rad. Anyways, I want to thank you guys a lot. And, uh, man, fucking, it's, it's surreal. It's overwhelming. And uh, I could, I just feel so fucking blessed to be able to do this. I can't make Randall, motherfucking Wiley enough. <clears throat> he's actually on his bagger, dude. He just zipped all the way up to Washington, and now he's zipping right back down to Texas. Uh, super rad, super fucking rad. Um, I don't know on what. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be at the Southern Throwdown in a couple weeks, or that's next weekend. You know, I got to take my lady, though. I can't, you know, I'm only going to be here for a couple more weeks if, uh, you know, if I can't spend it with my family, then, well, I mean, I'm going to spend it with my family. So, no promises on the Southern Throwdown, but I hope to see you at the Yellow Rose Canyon next week. Have a wonderful fucking day.